Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Welcome in. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Two NBA games last night. Two series officially over. The Cavs beat the Pacers. Didn't seem to care about the game at all. Still can't play defense. The big three played well. I think the Cavs are still in significant trouble. I'm just not convinced this team's very good. But they are going to take care of the Pacers. I think the Pacers will win at least one game. I said before the series started they'd win two. They should have won game one if they had anybody who could shoot. And game two, they covered. So at least there, we're good. Spurs beat the Grizzlies. Got up by 24, 25 points, whatever it was. I think the Grizz cut it to four. And then the Spurs kind of took back control of that game. And both of those series are over. So if you are a Memphis Grizzly fan or you are an Indiana Indiana Pacers fan, your team is done. And if you're the Cavs and the Spurs, you are advancing on to the never-ending NBA playoffs. We've had a lot of games to be played in the regular season. We eliminated 14 teams. And now as we move into the NBA playoffs, we have eliminated two more. And that is a uh, that is the story. I, I don't think there was a, uh, a a lot of uncertainty about either of these games. Again, the Cavs looked like they were kind of a cobra playing with a mouse. They didn't seem to have that much interest in the Pacers. I think eventually their lack of defense is going to catch up with them. I don't think the Cavs have turned it on in any kind of way and been playing different level basketball in the playoffs so far, which is why I think they'll lose at least one game in Indiana, maybe both. I still think, again, they're going to win the series. Once you go up 2-0 like this, it's pretty much over when you're a better team. And the Spurs beating the Grizz, no real doubt there. Again, storming back, the Grizz did from a 26-point deficit, but it was effectively over. I haven't even heard this audio yet because that game ended so late last night, and probably a lot of you have not heard this audio either. 
But Fizdale for Memphis went off in his post-game press conference. I'm told this is really good. Let's hear what that sounds like. You know, it's unfortunate that I got a guy like Mike Conley who in his whole career has got zero technical fouls and just cannot seem to get the proper respect from the officials um, that he deserves. Uh, It was a very poorly officiated basketball game. Um, Zach Randolph, the most rugged guy in the game, had zero free throws, but somehow Kawhi Leonard had 19 free throws. First half, we shot 19 points, shot 19 shots in the paint, and we had six free throws. They shot 11 times in the paint, and they had 23 free throws. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Overall, 35 times we shot the ball in the paint. We had 15 free throws for the game. They shot 18 times in the paint and had 32 free throws. Kawhi shot more free throws than our whole team. Explain it to me. We don't get the respect that these guys deserve because Mike Conley doesn't go crazy. He has class, and he just plays the game. But I'm not going to let them treat us that way. You know, I know Pop's got pedigree, and I'm a young rookie, but they're not going to rook us. That's unacceptable. That was unprofessional. My guys dug in that game and earned the right to be in that game, and they did not even give us a chance. Take that for data. That is absolutely fabulous. Two lines that I just uh, just just am in love with already. One, uh, this sounds like something I would say. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. A lot of people doing their taxes right now. It's tax day all over the country right now. There are a lot of you sitting in front of those checks saying, hey, I'm not a numbers guy, but that uh, that doesn't seem to add up. I owe what? I got to cut a check for what? I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. That is a fantastic line. And then take that for data. Oh, man. Those are two unbelievable drops. Take that for data. Take that for data. Just file that away. Next time we get a bad call, next time we get a bad call, take that for data. What an unbelievable drop on tax day. Yeah, it's tax day, by the way. You're sitting around out there, and you're like, oh, man. Thanks for the the reminder, Clay. Uh, and by the way, let me go ahead and mention this because this game ended. I don't know what time did this game end. Uh, Jason Martin, were you still awake? The Preds are now up three to two on the Blackhawks. No, they're up three to nothing on the pla- on the Blackhawks. I mean, they won three to two. Back. Sorry, yes, they won three to two. They came back from a two zero deficit uh, in this game, but they are now up three zero in the number one versus number eight first round of the NHL playoffs. Were you still awake watching this game? No, I saw the last I saw was the end of the second period when they were trailing 0-2, and that's about the time that I had to go to sleep. I don't know what time that game ended, but I, a question for everybody out there, and you can tweet me. Has there ever been a point in time, and, and maybe the answer is yes, I, I don't know, where a number eight seed has swept a number one seed in any major pro sports playoffs? Has that ever happened before? Because I, I can't. I, I know it. You know, we, we ran through that in the NBA yesterday, and I know it's happened in the NHL before too. That an eight seed has beaten a one seed, but have we ever seen an, oh, an eight seed come in and go up three zero? And have we ever seen an eight seed come in and sweep a one seed? This kind of goes to my point about the, whether you love it or not. The NHL playoffs, anything can happen. The NFL, anything can happen once you get into the playoffs. Major League Baseball, look, truly anything can happen in baseball. Momentum is just as good as next day starting pitcher. But in the NBA, this never happens. Never happens absent some sort of substantial injury. It never happens that a one seed would come out and go down 3-0. Now, maybe it's going to happen. Maybe, this, maybe the Celtics are going to lose. 
and go down to 0-2 at home just like the Blackhawks did, in which case I'll have to recalibrate my, uh, my analysis. But that is a uh, – whether you love or hate the NHL – and look, we had yesterday's great breakdown of me trying to prove how much NHL knowledge I had, and the answer was hardly any at all. That, to me, represents the quality of the, the playoffs in terms of anything can happen. Like, I think just about everybody could hibernate for the first round of the NBA playoffs and nothing would matter. And that's why one of my suggestions for ways to improve the NBA regular season would be cut the NBA playoffs to eight teams. You spend 82 games to eliminate 14 teams in the NBA. Start the season with 30 and 16 of those teams advance to the NBA playoffs. Do we really need the first round of the NBA playoffs other than for television and money? No. Again, the Cavs have eliminated the Pacers, and the Spurs have beaten the Grizzlies. There's no way, if for those of you, and I've watched both games, both games uh, of these two series so far, there's no way that the Pacers are going to go out and win four out of five games against the Cavs. You can quote, uh, you know, go ahead and, uh, I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. To quote but they're not going to rook us. <laughs> they're not going to rook us. Spurs beat the Grizz. There's no way that the Grizz are going to go out and beat the Spurs four out of five games now. Those series are over, right? So you can go ahead and pencil in the Cavs and the Spurs into the next round. Not that there was that much uncertainty about that to begin with. And I love that the Grizz coach is so mad when his team got down 26 points. Well, we got down 26 points. Maybe the officials were just ready for the game to be over, like everybody else who had to wait up so late for that game to be on. I I know certainly when the Grizz got down 26, uh, 26 points, I said, okay, odds of them coming back and winning this game, not high. By the way, hate to brag. But I gave you out. you got to be following me on Twitter, at Clay Travis. I've given you out six picks so far in the NBA playoffs. Six picks, gifts to the public from me because I love you and want you to have more money. We're 5-1. and one. Last night we went 3-0. and oh. I said, take the Pacers. I said, take the, uh, take the Spurs. And I said, take the under in the Spurs-Grizz game. We went 3-0 and oh last night. Hopefully you parlayed it. Hopefully you got rich. Should have parlayed it with the NHL game too, taking the Preds. But you know what? I don't feel like it's fair, given my vast knowledge of the NHL, to allow that much money to be taken from Vegas' pocket. So I haven't done that yet. Uh, Jason Martin, do you agree with me? Let's go around the horn. Do we think the Cavs-Pacers series is over and the Spurs-Grizz series is over? Is there anybody who is willing to argue that either the Grizz or the Pacers can win four of the next five games in those series? I hope not, because those people would be idiots. I mean, I, I completely agree with you, as disappointed as I was watching the Pacers claw back into that game because the Cavs took their foot off the gas yet again and showed zero respect for the rest of the East. The one thing that I saw in the Cavs last night, they may make it back to the finals. I still think that they will. But they're missing something that they had last year, and it's the word relentlessness. They did not – they just don't play that way anymore. And I honestly believe it's not because of what he did on the stat sheet – it's because of what he did on the floor and the way he seemed to kind of push everybody else to do it. Matthew Dellavedova is a guy last year that was diving after balls in the first game of the season, the last game of the season, all the way through the playoffs. None of these guys are doing that right now. They're doing just enough. They're the band that plays one way when they're at Madison Square Garden, and then they go to Terre Haute, Indiana, and they give that crowd just enough not to piss them off just enough they'll play a few of the hits but they won't go all out they won't bring the special guests on tour with them that really really irritates me about the Cleveland Cavaliers they're so much better 
than all these other teams, but they just don't care enough. It's really, really frustrating. I will say this. Um, the Cavs had about everything they could do. You look at the box score. Kevin Love scored 27 points. LeBron James scored 25 points. And Kyrie Irving scored 37. All of those guys, look at their shooting percentages. Kyrie was 14-24 from the field. LeBron 11-20. for 20, And Kevin Love 6-7. for seven. They played those three, the big three, about as well as they could in the game. And the Cavs beat the Pacers by six at home in Cleveland. That alarms me if I am a Cleveland Cavalier fan. Now you can say, oh, that's because they got up big, 19 points, whatever their lead was, and they allowed the Pacers not to go away. I think it's because the Cavs just aren't that much better of a team than the Pacers. Pacers, I think, will win game three or four and maybe both in this series. Again, I still think that the Cavs are going to advance. This series is over. I believe the same thing is true of the Grizz Spurs series. You can advance both of those teams on. Uh, let me give you a roadmap for today's show. We've got a loaded show. we got a packed show. We're going to have, because there's been a lot of complaints, Jason Martin, about the Tebow watch. I don't know if you check Twitter. People there's been a lot me. of complaints. People coming after you. A guy emailed me last night, sent me the entire box score from the, the Tebow game. He said, your boy, J-Mart, has done such a bad job on the Tebow watch that I have, I'm emailing you the entire box score so that you can quiz him aggressively about what happened. Well, we've got Barrett Salee. He writes a lot about college football. He was also at the Tebow game. He talked to Tebow. We'll talk to him at the bottom of this hour uh, about uh, that and more. And also, in hour two, we'll talk to my guy Alex Marvez. Who's going to be the first quarterback taken in the draft? We are, whatever it is, nine days, I believe, until the NFL draft. Next Thursday is the first round of the NFL draft. We'll see what is going to happen, according to Alex Marvez, from that perspective. And in hour three, we'll check in with Casey Smith in Boston and try to figure out whether the Celtics can rebound from their loss to the Chicago Bulls in game one of that series. And uh, also, we'll take your calls, 877-996-6369, if you want to react to anything that happened last night, Cavs, Pacers, Spurs, Grizz, as well as Preds going up 3-0 over the Chicago Blackhawks, coming back from a 2-0 deficit, scoring three goals unanswered to win in overtime. Has that ever happened before? I don't know the stats. What's, what's the, uh, I, I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. We need to play this one more time as we go to break. Here is Memphis Grizzly coach. What's, what's Fisdale's first name? I don't even know. David. David. David Fisdale. How many people out there do you think knew Fisdale's first name? Like 4% of you? Uh, David Fisdale. The Memphis, and by the way, there's a guy named David Fisdale who's the coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. First time a lot of you are realizing that. Here's what he sounded like last night as he came and stared into the cold, hard visage of Greg Popovich and an 0-2 deficit in his first playoff series. You know, it's unfortunate that I got a guy like Mike Conley who in his whole career has got zero technical fouls and just cannot seem to get the proper respect from the officials um, that he deserves. Uh, It was a very poorly officiated basketball game. Um, Zach Randolph, the most rugged guy in the game, had zero free throws, but somehow Kawhi Leonard had 19 free throws. First half, we shot 19 points, shot 19 shots in the paint, and we had six free throws. They shot 11 times in the paint, and they had 23 free throws. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Overall, 35 times we shot the ball in the paint. We had 15 free throws for the game. They shot 18 times in the paint and had 32 free throws. Kawhi shot more free throws than our whole team. Explain it to me. We don't get the respect that these guys deserve because Mike Conley doesn't go crazy. He has class, and he just plays the game. But I'm not going to let them treat us that way. You know, I know Pop's got pedigree, and I'm a young rookie, but they're not going to rook us. 
That's unacceptable. That was unprofessional. My guys dug in that game and earned the right to be in that game, and they did not even give us a chance. Take that for data. (laughs) Oh, man. Two lines that are perfect for tax day. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Take that for data with the slammed fist onto the table. When you maximize performance, fuel economy, engine life, you'll save. Get a 5.25-ounce Lucas fuel system treatment for just $4.99. Restrictions and details in store. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. We are always in the zone. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. I'm just going to use that line all the time. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Take that for data. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Reacting to a lot of games that ended late last night, I'm pretty confident this is a time of year where people start to die from sports because the NBA's Western Conference playoffs are by far a lot better than typically the Eastern Conference playoffs. Tonight's games, for instance, don't start until the best game of the night, which I think is Jazz Clippers. Although, again, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether the Bucks can go on the road and beat the Raptors for a second time, whether the Bulls can do it against the Celtics. And But I think the best game is going to be Jazz Clippers. I think the Celtics and the Raptors are both going to win. They're not going to lose too straight at home. That's my theory. Jazz Clippers um, does not tip until 10.30 Eastern, given that it's usually about five minutes after that point until it actually tips 10.30 Eastern. If you're on the East Coast, and I've long said this, when I, I spent a lot of time on the West Coast. Danny G and Robert, you guys are always yapping about West Coast bias. I mean, sorry, East Coast bias and the West Coast being discriminated against. Here's what East Coast bias is. It's people got to get up in the morning. And that 10.30 Eastern start time for tonight's game between the Clippers and uh, the Jazz is basically going to be ending about time we start this show. I mean, that's how late that game's going to go. And uh, this is the time that uh, that I'm thinking about reversing my sleep schedule during the NBA playoffs. I actually was thinking about that last night when the the Spurs-Grizz game was going so late. And the same thing is true of the NHL. But when, you're, when you know as much as I do about the NHL, you don't have to worry as much about watching every game because you can come in as a pro. What did I get? Three of the 27 Nashville Predators people, players named yesterday on my hockey quiz, Jason Martin. Yeah, that was a whole one-ninth that you got right yesterday. One out of nine. I mean, you hit one out of nine, you're basically Tebow in the minor leagues. And I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. <laughs> that is well dropped. That is well dropped. Uh, but you don't have to, I don't have to watch every game to be able to talk about how impressive the performance is in general. And, uh, but it, it is pretty wild how late those games start. So I was actually thinking to myself, maybe I should just start sleeping in the middle of the day. Maybe like today I've got to finish the show. I finish the show here around 8 a.m. my time. Then I got to write the mailbag. You know, that'll take a few hours. Mailbag will be up. And then I was like, maybe I should just go to sleep then. And then I can wake up, you know, about, uh, about seven o'clock or something like that. And then I'll just uh, stay up all night. I don't know if anybody flips their schedule like that. I mean, I have a little bit of a weird schedule, obviously, that I can overload my schedule in the morning, and then theoretically I could work at night. I can sleep during the day. I don't know. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a real challenge this time of year when there's so many different games going on. Again, two NBA games last night, three tonight, and uh, I don't know how everybody does it, to be frank. What do you do, Jason? What did you do? Did you stay up and watch the games last night? 
I went to sleep around eleven fifteen somewhere in that neighborhood, so I saw a good bit of what was going on. I tried the reverse schedule thing when we first started this show. See, I, I told tried it you, off and on. Yeah, I told you I would go reverse schedule if I were you because you don't have kids. So the challenge for my reverse schedule is I really can't do it because I'll see my kids in the morning a little bit, and then I won't see them again until two of them are in school. Like It's too much of a challenge, really. But yeah. you, you're a single guy. You could easily pull this off, I think. I could. I just didn't like it. Like I, I, it just. I always would feel bad when I woke up. There's something about sleeping in the day when I wake up. I've got a terrible headache and things like that. So it just didn't play for me. I'll sometimes nap for an hour or two in the afternoon, but that's about it. So I still. I usually get four and a half, maybe five hours of sleep at night. Try to stay up until ten thirty so that I can see most of what's happened. And then after that, maybe I have to catch up a little bit if something happened near the end of a game. But it's just it's tough to completely flip the schedule. It really is because your body and everything about you is just not made to do that. Do you feel like you missed out on that Preds overtime win? I mean, that would have been a hell of yeah. an environment, I mean, to come back from a 2-0 deficit. I'm not a hockey guy, clearly, based on my, uh, my test score. Uh, so I would, just, uh, I would just sit back and check the score. I was kind of shocked this morning. First thing I do when I wake up is make sure, you know, I grab my phone and then just go to the scoreboard and check and see. And that was a pretty shocking result because the Preds were down 2-0 when I went to bed. And again, I don't think uh, you can tweet me if this is, if, if you can think of an event where this has happened before. I don't think that a number one seed has ever gone down 3-0 in the history. This is my, this I've is my hypothesis. I've been researching it. I can't find it. I know it hasn't happened in the NBA, but I can't find it in the, in the NHL either i don't think it's ever happened we're trying to look it up again the question the chicago blackhawks are the overall number one seed in the western conference in the nhl the nashville predators are the eight seed has it ever happened in the nhl or the nba that a number one seed has gone down 3-0 has there ever been a sweep is the second part of that question by the eight seed again there have been eight seeds that have pulled off the upset over the one seed but never that I can think of where it's been a 3-0 series lead for the 8 seed or a sweep by the 8 seed. Uh, we are dutifully trying to see whether or not we can take that for data. Um, we need to play the Fisdell rant again. If you haven't heard it, this guy named David Fisdell is the coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. He went off last night after they lost to the Spurs. We will play that for you one more time at least in the final segment of Hour 1. But I believe we are going to be joined by Barrett Salee here shortly. And uh, we will talk uh, with him about the Tim Tebow game that he saw as well as everything that is going on in the Atlanta area. I think he went to the Braves opener as well, the same game that Jason Martin went to as well. So right now, let's figure out uh, what's trending. And then we will uh, be joined by Barrett Salee. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And let me go ahead and tell you, with True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Give a shout-out to Soulless Trojan, USC Trojan fan at Grago395 has found one. 2012 LA Kings went up 3-0 on the Vancouver Canucks, won the series 4-1. 
So there may have never been. There's at least been one eight seed that has gone up 3-0 on the one seed, whether or not someone has ever swept as an eight seed. I don't think that maybe has ever happened. If you can think of one, let me know. You can tweet me at Clay Travis. Joined now by Barrett Salee. You can find him on Twitter at Barrett Salee. And he went to see the man, the myth, the legend last night, Tim Tebow in minor league baseball. How did that feel? Did seeing Tebow in a baseball jersey seem strange, or did he look like he fit in perfectly, uh, Barrett? Uh, you know, he, he looked like he fit in. It, for me personally, it was strange because, I mean, Clay, you and I have covered Tim Tebow for, for a decade now, and you know, seeing him in a, in a Columbia Fireflies hat and you know, taking batting practice and getting actual tips from a hitting coach, that, that was a little surreal. And you know, I think it was surreal for him knowing that he was talking to us in that setting too. So um, you know, it was strange. But I think, you know, he's only been doing this at least at this level for, for two weeks now, and he is getting more comfortable. But it was, you know, I, I was 13, 14, 15. I don't really know exactly how old I was. Michael Jordan was with the Barons. It was like a diet version of that. I mean, it was, it was definitely a story. There was definitely a good bit of, of uh, SEC, you know, homerism and haterism going on in the stands. It was, it was a cool experience and one that I don't think uh, a lot of people ever get to see again. One of the most intriguing things about Tebow was even though he beat the crap out of just about every SEC football team for four years while he was playing with Florida, there was a great deal of, uh, of, of acclaim and love for Tebow, even in the intensely competitive SEC, because Tebow's religious faith, I think, connected him to a lot of different SEC fan bases, at least in that respect. In other words, he's the quintessential did-it-the-right-way kind of guy, even if he beat the crap out of your team. He's playing in South Carolina now. He beat the crap out of South Carolina a lot of times. Last night, he was playing in Georgia. You just uh, alluded to it a little bit. What was the fan reaction like to Tebow? Yeah, I mean, a lot of Florida, uh, a lot of Go Gators, a lot of I've got Steve Spurrier on this picture. I need your picture. But there was there was a good bit of Georgia, uh, a lot of Alabama and Auburn saying, you know, and uh, people were there, were, there were, you know, kids and grownups who – who were you know, basically telling him during his autograph session right before the game started, look, I didn't like you, and I heard several people say this, I didn't like you, but I respect what you do, how you do it, and what you do for society. And I think that's the, the thing that sort of gets lost in Tebow, and he even told us this before the game when he had his media availability, that you know, he likes to use athletics to, to achieve a greater good. And I think all of us know that. All of us that have been around Tim Tebow recognize that. And sometimes that does come with being a little bit of a self-promoter, but he's promoting himself for a greater cause. And I think a lot of the, the, the SEC fans who weren't Florida fans who were at the game last night um, recognize that. And, and that is something that has sort of been a part of his legacy for you know, his, a long time, dating back to his playing days at Florida. Uh, you know, people recognize and appreciate you know, what he does because it, it's, it's way bigger than a football field or a baseball diamond. How did he do on the field? Break us down from a baseball perspective. Where did he play? Like, kind of give us a, a window into what the game was like. Yeah, I mean, he played left field. He batted six. Uh, he was under 200. He went one for four in the game. He had a single uh, between short and third in the ninth inning. Uh, from, a, from a hitting perspective, I played baseball a little bit. I mean, his timing is way off. I mean, he is he's way off at the plate. If you throw a halfway decent curveball to him, he's going to absolutely get you know blown away by it. I have no idea what to do with it. Um, but you know, he hit, he does hit for power. He's got two home runs. Uh, he has nine RBIs, team high. He's uh, he had three RBIs on Sunday. Uh, so I mean, you know, he can hit for power, and I think that that gives him at least a chance to have some sort of role, uh, you know, down the road. 
he's going to have to get, uh, become a better hitter. But I think the thing that shocked me most was that he looked slow, and not slow in terms of foot speed, but slow in terms of reaction in the outfield. Yeah. I mean, playing a ball off the wall, he had – I mean, th- those are things that – you know, you don't come that don't come back to you very easily. Going to your left to uh, field the ground ball between center and left, and trying to throw a guy out, trying to make a hustle double a second. He he looked completely lost in that regard. You know, hitting. You know, it's sort of like riding a bike. Once if you're a good hitter and you've got that in you, you know, it will come back at some point if you work at it. Uh, but from an outfield perspective, he he looks like he has a lot of work to do, which. Again, that's, that's why he's in single A. This is basically instructionally, for uh, lack of a better term. And, and that's, I think, what's going to prevent him from doing something. If he, can, if he can continue to hit for power, if he can hit 15 or 20 home runs a season and back 230, you know, he's going to find a role, whether it be, you know, triple A or a French new major leaguer. Uh, but if he can't play defense, that, that diminishes those chances greatly. You were talking to Barrett Lee. That's what really surprised me when I started hearing about these box scores. And I haven't seen Tebow play at all, which is why one reason I wanted to have you on was to give us an eyewitness perspective. I'm a little bit surprised, honestly, that somebody hasn't decided to put these Tim Tebow minor league baseball games on television. Uh, I mean, just kind of tossing it out there. I mean, I I don't know what FS1 could do, for instance, or NBC Sports Network or CBS Sports Network. But are you telling me that Tim Tebow minor league baseball games, there wouldn't be enough interest? I, I think people would probably watch them. Uh, better than they would a lot of the other programming that's on those uh, those networks this time in the summer. Uh, I was surprised because he's such an athletic guy when I saw that he was designated hitting, and I figured that it had to be some sort of a function of not being very comfortable in the outfield because obviously he's he's very athletic. He's fast. He's got at least a decent arm if he could play quarterback in the NFL, but you, you're saying he did seem lost in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, he has a lot of work to do. I mean, a, a lot of those things, it's tricky. I mean, this was his first game, you know, in Rome. So, you know, it's a, it's a different ballpark. He may not be used to it. But, um, you know, it's, he, he has a, a lot of issues tracking, you know, where balls are going. Uh, he looks uncomfortable uh, knowing if a guy is, you know, rounding first, thinking about two, uh, you know, coming in hard and, and coming up firing. Like, those are things that, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to do and a lot harder to recognize it. For a guy who's playing at 255, that's, that's I think, another thing. Is, is, you know, he's 255 pounds. It, it's one thing to be athletic. It's another thing to be football athletic. He's really football athletic right now. And I think that's really uh, preventing him from, from getting comfortable in the outfield because you do have to, to be a little more agile sometimes. And, you know, when it comes to him designated hitting, you know, I think the, the Columbia team, like, they, they've got some pretty decent players. And so I think they – they don't want to just use him in left field knowing that he's taking a spot away, so they're going to put him at designated hitter a little bit. But um, you know, I would say that if he doesn't uh, pick up his game and, and become a little more comfortable in the outfield, uh, he's got no chance. But he, he can hit for power. I mean, I, I mean, it's batting practice, I know, but, I mean, that dude can mash. I mean, he is just a monster in BP. And you can tell that he has that kind of power in game situations, but – uh, his timing and his, his ability to hit the curveball are, uh, are severely lacking right now. Uh, we're talking to Barrett Salee. Barrett, while we've got you, NFL draft is next week. You watch a lot of college football like I do. Are there a couple of guys that you think are just can't-miss prospects for people who haven't watched as much college football as we do that you're really kind of intrigued to see where they go in the NFL draft? Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what happens with Jonathan Allen um, just because, you know, from a you know, from a scheme-style fit standpoint, you know, he can do a bunch of different things for a bunch of different teams in a variety of different ways. I mean, he can, you know, he played defensive end in, in a, in a three-four system. He, 
you know, did move down in specific packages sometimes. Uh, I remember sitting there in the, in the the day of the kick six in 2013, Jonathan Allen, a true freshman at the time, tracked down Heisman finalist Trey Mason from behind 40 yards downfield. So he can run, too. So I want to see what happens with him. And I want to see what happens with, you know, Deshaun Watson to me is, I mean, this, this idea that, that Mitchell Trubisky potentially could be a better player than Miles Garrett and is a better player than Deshaun Watson is, is peak draft season. That is insanity. Because Deshaun Watson is, is a bona fide superstar. He makes all the throws that NFL throws, uh, scouts wanted to make. He did it in college. It may look a little different. It may be packaged a little different. It's all the same stuff. And yet NFL scouts and NFL GMs always want to prove that they're the smartest guy in every single room. And as a result, I think Deshaun Watson's probably falling down the quarterback charts a little bit. What what I love about the NFL draft is the number of guys out there that don't watch college football at all, and then they come out and say something like, "You know, this Leonard Fournette guy's really got every got all the all the intangibles." <laughs> yeah, know, like he's really no strong kidding. and really fast. And like, did you watch? I mean, I, I, you know, as if they're saying something that's really unique. This Dalvin Cook guy, you know, like. I, I love the number of guys, or Christian McCaffrey's a great example. You know, like, oh, this Christian McCaffrey guy's really good. Yeah, like, yeah, did you yeah. ever watch any college football games at all? And the answer is no. They don't watch any college football until they get ready for the draft. Right. It's like Christian McCaffrey can be used in a variety of different ways. <laughs> yeah. Teams can really – well, no kidding. He set the total yardage record two years ago. Like, where were you? Yeah, it is always remarkable. Barrett, appreciate the early morning start. Enjoy uh, recovering still. from. By the way, are there any interstates that work in Atlanta right now? Yeah, 75 was functional. That was the one that wasn't cracked. So I got up there in an hour. It was great. Awesome. Well, good luck with that. One out of three ain't bad. Uh, that is Barrett That's Salee. Right. Go follow him on Twitter at Barrett Salee. I am Clay Travis. Final segment of the first hour coming. $43 million showed up in a Nigerian uh, a hotel room, I think. we got to figure out how that happened. And also, there's somehow an alligators are attacking us. Animal Thunderdome is real. An alligator got to the second floor and tried to kill some people in South Carolina. We'll talk about that, too. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Did you guys see this story that they found $43 million in a Nigerian apartment. Now, the easy joke there that everybody made online is obviously that was your money. You were entitled to it. (laughs) Nigerian email spammers have been trying to reach out to you for a long time. But it got me thinking, do you think if you found $43 million in a random apartment like that, let's say you checked into an Airbnb and it was there and you thought, my God, this is clearly like nobody just leaves $43 million there. Do you think you could get that money out of Nigeria? Tell me that wouldn't be an incredible show to watch or movie. Because if you watched Breaking Bad, and if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, obviously I I question what you're doing with your life. One of the big parts of Breaking Bad was how he had to constantly be moving around the cash that he produced from his drug dealing business, Walter White. And the challenge that which it, it entailed was just the physical burden that the money literally put upon him because... That kind of cash is rare to have actually in person. If you are a millionaire, it's probably rare. Even a millionaire who has, again, a million dollars, what does that put you in the 98th percentile or whatever it is, the richest people in America today, if you have access to a million dollars, you probably have never seen more than what, like 10,000? I mean, what's the most money you've ever seen in one place in person? Actual cash. Let's go around the horn. 
Jason Martin, what's the most money in cash you've ever seen? Mm, not a lot. Probably most a people haven't thousand. seen. Probably yeah, a I was going to say thousand. Unless you do something illicit or work in some cash business, like maybe you work in a strip club or you work in a casino or you work somewhere where there's constantly a, ma- a large amount of cash coming through, maybe a really big bar. It's probably rare for you to have seen a lot of cash. Danny G and Robert, what's the most cash you've ever seen? When I was a little kid, I watched my stepdad buy a brand new truck in cash. He had twenty two fifty, twenty two thousand five hundred in. Ca- where did the money come ca- from? He, like so- he took he, it out of the. He sold a house, and so he went to uh, negotiate at the car dealership. So he brought cash. Somebody paid him for a house in cash. I don't know if they paid him in cash, but he took the cash out of his bank account. Oh, I'm saying is why wouldn't you just write a check, like a cashier's check? Well, like I would be terrified if I was carrying around. That's interesting, though. $22,050 you said in cash to buy a car? Yep. See, I, I have never seen – I was trying to think about this. I have never seen probably more than $4,000 in cash, and that's just been in Vegas, like gambling. So I'm trying to think – do you think you could get 43? Now, put yourself into this perspective. You are in Nigeria, and they you have $43 million in cash. I don't know what, what language do they speak in Nigeria. I don't even know. I'm assuming some African dialect. I don't think it's a colonial dialect. I don't think it's like, you know, Portuguese or, uh, or, or, or Spanish or French or certainly it's not English. But does anybody even know what language they speak in Nigeria? So you're putting yourself in a foreign country where you probably don't know anyone, and in a country where there's a lot of lawlessness, let's be awesome. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot. Of, it's not necessarily awesome. Let's be honest. There are a lot of a lot of crime that goes on. So if somebody just took you out, it's not as if you would be safe. Like somebody steals this money from you. Could you get $43 million out of Nigeria and back to America? And you can't put it into a bank. You're not going to. So, like, I was trying to think about this. Like, let's say you just gave me $43 million. First of all, $43 million takes up a ton of space. How would you get that money out of Nigeria and into America? Because $43 million in American cash. Do you think you could do it around the horn? Jason Martin, do you think you could get the $43 million back to America? Absolutely not. Like, I would at worst, I would probably take a little bit of it. But usually I look at that, I would walk in there and see something like that and say, somebody would leave this money here because no one would be stupid enough to take it from them. Like you would wonder what that money came from and what it might lead to. I would actually be afraid to try and get that out of the country going through customs. That would be the biggest issue. Oh, you can't go through customs. Yeah, you'd have to find a different way. My theory on this is you would have to go out and just buy a big van. Okay, and I don't know much about Nigeria, but you'd have to somehow manage to go buy a van. Here's my theory on how you get the $43 million out of the country. You go buy a big van. You drive that van. I think Nigeria is on the – I'm not a great at geography, so I'd have to get a map to make sure of this. I think Nigeria is on the coast. Am I correct about that, that there's a long that beach in Nigeria? That All right. is correct. So what you do is you got to get to the coast. All right? You don't try to drive the money out of Africa. That seems like a total disaster. You get to the coast in Nigeria. If you can buy a vehicle, you can, first of all, think about how long it's going to take you to load the $43 million into the car, into the van that you're buying. I'm thinking like a van. You drive the van to the coast, and then you have to buy a yacht at the coast. I don't know who you buy the yacht from, but you got $43 million in cash. you got to buy a boat of some sort. And then you have to find a trustworthy captain who's not going to murder you at sea and take all your money. 
and you have to get that boat and sell it to the Caribbean. And then from the Caribbean, you've got to get to Puerto Rico. And then from Puerto Rico, you've got to somehow get that boat, go across the Caribbean again, and get it to Florida and illegally bring it in that way. I think that's the only way you could get the money in. Any ideas? 877-996-6369. What do you think about my idea of how to smuggle $43 million into the United States? It's immediately what I think when I hear $43 million in Nigeria. How would I get that $43 million in the United States? I'm saying boat out of Africa. Makes sense or not? Do you end up dead? I don't know. Your calls, 877-996-6369. At least you're not a Blackhawks fan, unless you are, because your team's getting its ass kicked here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Hour 2 brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Cavs beat the Pacers. Grizz lose to the Spurs. By the way, hate to brag, but I went 3-0 gambling last night. And the Nashville Predators are now up 3-0 on the Blackhawks. I understand there are other playoff series going on in the NHL, but I don't know about those. (laughs) More importantly, we are out here talking about how to smuggle $43 million into the country. I don't know if you guys saw this story, but there was $43 million found in a Nigerian apartment. And my theory on how to get it back to the United States, I'm saying this would be an incredible television show. Are you telling me that in real time you wouldn't watch a guy or girl, to hell with the amazing race, give somebody $43 million in Nigeria, have them followed by a discreet camera crew all at all times, maybe somebody on Periscope, somebody on Facebook Live streaming this show, how would you get back to the United States with $43 million in cash? I think you have to buy like a van. Evidently, a lot of you reaching out to me on Twitter, they speak English as the official language. I just don't buy that. All right? That's true. I, I don't buy that, 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 that everybody is speaking English in Nigeria. 24 million people speak uh, what's called Igbo. I actually had somebody call me after. I actually put that on the screen for you. I guess you didn't see it. But official language is English. There are a bunch of literal dialects, but Igbo is the other major language. 24 million Nigerians speak Igbo. All right, so how come so many people who come here from Nigeria have accents when they speak English? I don't know. See that that's my that's my big that's there's my big question. Different kinds of English. Like, I mean, no. I mean, I mean like, Nigerian... you're gonna have an accent. I mean, you're huh? gonna have an act. You can still have an accent and speak English. I mean, not everybody speaks English the same way we speak English. So you think that if you were in Nigeria, that everybody you would walk up to would speak English? No, because there's 24 million people speaking Igbo and several other dialects. But that's I'm a just small, saying you find Nigeria more is the biggest country in Africa. 24 million people speaking Igbo is a pretty small percentage of Nigeria's population. I think, I'm guessing on this, I think Nigeria has a population of like 250 million. Somebody look that up to check and see. Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa. I know that. So you're telling me that 90% of them... 173. 173. All right. Yes. That's relatively close. All right. You're telling me that that's 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 in the ballpark. You're telling me that all those people speak English. I just don't buy it. So anyway, this would help you in theory if you're in Lagos, which is the capital of Nigeria, I believe. Hate to show off, but I have known that uh, that Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa today and that Lagos is the capital of Nigeria. You come to me for all of your Nigerian uh, geography and also that they're on the coast. That's three things that most of you didn't know about Nigeria. Now, I didn't know what language they spoke. That's a, that's a strike against me. But if I had $43 million, I think you go buy a vehicle. I think it would take a long time to get $43 million moved into your vehicle. I don't even know 
how much space $43 million would take up. And then, and then I also think you have to buy standard luggage. You have to put it in standard luggage, and you have to claim that you're immigrating to Nigeria and that you need to secretly get back into the country. But you have to hope that the people who you're surrounded by don't know that there's $43 million in this in the suitcases because I think they would kill you for it, like easily, or kidnap you or just take your money and beat you up, whatever they would do. So how do you get it back? I, I, got, I think loaded lines to talk about this, 877-996-6369. My theory is go to the ocean and then rent a boat, buy a boat maybe even, get your captain, hopefully that he won't kill you, and have him sneak you into the United States through boat. Because I think you could easily get into the United States via boat. Like, I don't think the Coast Guard's going to catch you. Whereas, I think if you come in in an airplane and you're just mysteriously flying in from Nigeria, I think probably you get, like, customs will check on you before you land, right? I don't think there's that. First of all, I don't know how many planes. I'm not an expert on private planes. I don't know how many planes you could charter are big enough to get you to the United States from Nigeria without stopping. That's a long, uh, again, not an expert on geography, but that's a lot of ocean to fly. Do you think you're at, can you charter a plane and go directly from Nigeria to the United States without stopping? Around the horn. Do you think that can happen? Jason Martin. No. I do not. (laughs) Really strong answer there. Danny G and Robert. I just said no. Yeah, but you were a very weak no. I'm sure. No I'm still doing research on languages over here. I, I just think that we're being sold a bill of goods on the fact listen, that everybody listen, in Nigeria right. speaks Hausa. English. Hausa. All right, I'm looking at NAIJ.com. Hausa, 18.5 million speak that. Igbo, 24 million people speak that. Yoruba, 18 million speak that. So there's that right there is 36 plus 24. That's 60 million right there. That's 60 million of, of your 173. But apparently English is what's spoken in the urban areas, which comprises around 75% of the actual country. So I do buy that English is the official language because it is, but I don't think you're walking around seeing everybody speaking English, just more people you would encounter speaking English depending on where you are in the country. Then I don't understand why every Nigerian person who comes to America has an accent. Well, Clint, people all in America have accents. I mean, the exactly. accent in the New York is different than Kentucky versus Yeah, but it's Los close. Angeles. I mean, point. you can clearly tell. Like, to me, you can tell a difference between somebody who has, like, a, uh American native-speaking accent, right? And that's, like, your first primary language and somebody who is speaking as a non-native speaker and has learned a second language. For instance, je parle français, right? Everybody who just heard that said, man, that guy might speak French, but that ain't the first language he ever learned, right? Right? Everybody out there. I know we're big in Quebec. Everybody in Quebec are just like, they just recoiled from the radio. They're like, man, that guy's the worst French speaker of all time. Like, that's not his native language. You can tell. Danny G and Robert, do you think you could charter a plane in Nigeria and just fly it straight to the United States? If you had enough money, you probably could. But then you'd have to go through customs and all that, and then you run the risk of getting caught. See, yeah. Yeah, that's why you have to get a boat. So do you guys agree with me that the best way to get $43 million into the country from Nigeria is via boat? No. So what way would you go? Not a boat because of pirates. <laughs> I'm all, dead you, serious about you're this. You're not going to get – the pirates are not going to get you. I think the pirate threat is over. First of all, I'm not an expert, but I think the Nigerian coast is safe. So you think that the some, some that. Somalian pirates are just going to catch us? I feel like Somalian pirates are ready to catch me basically That's just you I walk that, outside. It's because you watched that Captain Phillips movie. You are convinced that you're in danger. We need the I pirates to the care of music. I am the captain now. 
So how would you get back with $43 million? You're going to drive through Africa? Good I already told that. you I wouldn't. Okay, so what would you do? I mean, I, I probably would try a private plane. If I, if I was in a position with $43 million, I feel like I could make the plane happen with part of the money and then bring back the other whatever was left over. Like, I would take some of the $43 million to do whatever it was that I needed to do to get out of there, but I don't think the boat would be the way. All right, so Clay, See, here's a question though. For I you. think boat 100 percent is the way. Is we we all agree that it's going to cost you money to get out of there with the, any kind of money. What is the the minimum you have to end up with back in the United States? Well, I think I think it's a way that you got to be strategic about this because if you're willing to pay so much money that they know you have the money, they'll kill you for the rest. Well, so that's that's the challenge. I was right? telling Danny, I would I would uh, change in the cash for like diamonds or something smaller that I. Well, you're an idiot. For. Why? First of all, how do you know if the diamonds you're going to get are real? You're going to walk into it. Of all the things you trust, do, Nigerians. You're going to walk or into gold it, or any anything. Oil. You're going to walk into a Nigerian diamond dealer and be like, "Here's forty three million dollars. I want to get cash value for this in diamonds." He's going to give you like twenty five dollars in cubic zirconium and take your forty three. That, that's million. just as believable as finding forty three million dollars in an abandoned apartment not, in Nigeria. This happened. Forty three <laughs> million dollars in an apartment in Nigeria. It happens that people have real diamonds in Nigeria. No, they have real diamonds. They don't give them to stupid Americans who walk in with no knowledge of the gym industry. <laughs> they just give you fake diamonds. And then you get back in the country and like you're all nervous about customs and they're like you got thirty six dollars in cubic zirconiums, you ass. So this is that's one that's the most ridiculous. I I don't disagree with the idea that if you were a gemologist and you could get adequate value for your cash, that trading it into gems would make sense. <laughs> but this is just a level of knowledge that's far like oh are you Indiana Jones? Like you you can't just trade in the gym. This is the worst. That's the worst plan that anybody's had so far. Let's here's what we should do. We should take our $43 million into a, uh, into a gemologist who is an expert on fine, uh, fine gems or whatever else, and, and then we're going to get him to give us the value of that in diamonds and jewels and emeralds and everything else. That, that does not work. But you wouldn't give all of it in. You wouldn't give all of it in any situation. You wouldn't get anywhere near an actual value from a Nigerian gem expert if you tried well, to— Well, <laughs> wait a second. Now, if you—again— it depends on how fast you're trying to get out of, out of Nigeria because with $43 million, I could call a great gemologist in the U.S., have him fly over and make sure I wasn't getting taken. Again, like you have all of this expendable income at this point in this $43 million well, to actually a, make sure you do it That's correctly. a better philosophy, but then what are you going to do, okay? You know what Nigeria is known for, email scams. Are you going to – who in their right mind are you going to contact in the United States and say, hey – I've got you're not gonna believe you're not gonna believe this. Pawn stars. But I've got forty three million dollars here. I would like for you to come to Nigeria. If you come over here, I'll pay you a lot of money. I need to translate that forty three million into gems so that we can make sure that we bring it back into the United States. There's not a single gemologist in America that you would want to have actually represent you who's gonna respond to that email. Clay, you don't have your own jeweler? No. Why not? I'm not a jewelry guy. I don't spend money. I, here's the thing. By the way, we need to go to calls. 877-996-6369. See what we're missing here. We've got to get $43 million back. Here's the thing. I only shop like two places. If I can't buy it at Costco, and I know they have jewelry there, so Costco would have to be my jewelry, I buy like 99% of the products that I buy at Costco that I buy in person. Everything else I buy at Amazon. I have not bought a product other than when I ran out of gas and had to go buy a gas gas can last week. 
on the side of the road. I have not bought a product other than gas at or food at a, any retailer other than Costco or Amazon, I don't think, in the last year. I can't think of anything that I have bought for myself. Now, my family goes out and spends all my money. Like my kid, this is real life. My kid the other day, <laughs> yesterday, we're driving home from the uh, the swim meet, and he asked me about the inheritance tax. I don't even know how he knows. He's nine years old. He's like, Dad, when you die, will I get all your money or will I have to pay a lot of tax on it? And I said, well, I- I'm 38. Why are you worried about when I die? And he said, I just want to make sure that I get all of the money that you have. I said, well, I, what, how unbelievable is this? My nine-year-old's already trying to – I'm the hell with getting back with $43 million. My nine-year-old's trying to get rid of me now. You better how many check your food. Ask about, yeah, how many <laughs> nine-year-olds ask their dads about the inheritance tax? Yeah, if you ever get offered breakfast in bed, I would pass. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, who told you about the inheritance tax? Was it your grandma? It was your grandma, wasn't it? It's like, no, I was just thinking about it myself. No, you weren't. Somebody's trying. It might be my wife. I might be done for. Who should we go to first on these calls, Jason? Uh, let's go to Tony in South Carolina. Tony in South Carolina, what do you think? What do you think about my plan, getting a boat and, getting and, well, fly and ro- well, rolling back I, to, from Nigeria that way? I don't mind your plan, but I have to say the funniest thing I've ever heard on your show is the Pirates and the Diamonds. That is just ridiculously hilarious. But, it, I mean, is there a time limit? Why wouldn't we just take a cup? You have a comfort level being in Nigeria, otherwise you wouldn't be there. They speak English, bring a million or two back at a time. Do it over a period of time. Unless your time, there's a time crunch, I say move it out of wherever it is and store it. Take it back, maybe ship it uh, in small amounts. It, it's just a simpler method. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that the way to go is to leave the money in Nigeria. I think it would get stolen if you were moving it around very much. Like, I don't have a lot of uh, faith in just buying a storage shed and putting $43 million in cash into Nigeria. I don't disagree with the idea of slowly bringing it all back. The problem with slowly bringing it all back is that you eventually, I think, get popped. Because if you're slowly bringing it all back, you bring it in through American customs, and then what do you have to pay? You have to declare anything over $10,000, I think. And there's no way you're not getting flagged by American customs if you're coming in from a country like Nigeria with millions of dollars in cash. So I think you'd probably end up in jail. And what we're trying to avoid is death in jail so we can make sure that we have money going forward. What about who's next? Who do you think makes sense? Uh, Scott in Des Moines. By the way, I don't know, Jason Martin, your notes to me are the guys who want to talk about this on the phone all four, you just randomly threw in all four NHL games last night, went to OT, and then well, you, you have a Wikipedia. Well, listen, you off the, look, these things didn't just happen all in the last 30 seconds. Off the top, you mentioned the Predators. You said apparently other games were played in the NHL last night, but I blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, hey, by the way, all four games went to overtime. And then you're going after the Pirates thing, and all I'm seeing are 2017 news reports about Nigerian piracy being up. And I put a Wikipedia list of ships being go. attacked by Nigerian pirates. Oh, there's Nigerian pirates too? Yes, yes. That's all of I actually looked up Nigerian pirates to see if that was an issue. It's an issue. By the way, Kevin Bernard has pointed out that I'm wrong about Lagos being the capital of Nigeria. It's, I, I've never even heard of this country. I think he might be messing with me. He says that Abuja is actually the capital of Nigeria. It's not helping my Nigerian He's knowledge. Correct. Is one of these guys Nigerian? Do we the have a Nigerian and the people expert? on the line? No, there's no Nigerian on the phone. All right, Scott in Des Moines. 
But I think we need an actual Nigerian to, to get us back from we Nigeria Ken- with all this We money. had one Kenyan call that just wanted to back up my English, the argument about English being the I still want language. to know why they have accents if, it's, if, if they really speak English as the native language. We've got to go to break now. All right, we've gone on too long. We're going to take your calls on how to get our money out of Nigeria. Then we'll go to Alex Marvez at the bottom of the hour to talk about the NFL draft and also how he'd get the money out of Nigeria. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Alki the Coverage. Did I do the ads? Anybody know? Yeah. Uh, thanks for being on the ball, guys. Uh, all right, we're going to go to break now. I'm Clay Travis. This is Alki the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. We're going to get your money back from Nigeria. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Very well done. Uh, Let's see here. Lots of interesting tweets rolling in. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Tons of you reacting on Twitter and a lot of funny tweets coming in. Also some scary ones. Abraham Drinken says... One million cash and a hundred dollar bills would fill up one brown paper Kroger bag, which just makes me think that he's just buying kidneys on the illicit market all the time. How do you know how much a million dollars in cash would look like in a Kroger bag? Uh, that's a little bit, a little bit shady. Um, this is uh, the, the the decision to, to to put our money into gyms has been roundly panned on Twitter. Uh, Scott at home mixes up Danny G and Robert, and he says Robert G would give his cash to a Nigerian prince for safekeeping. I don't think there's any doubt at all about that. Jason Martin, uh, any additional info that has come in that you want to share? Uh, just at the Rachel, who's from Blacksburg, Virginia, she's a Kenyan. She called back. She couldn't hang on. She's the one I'd spoken to before the break. She does have an accent. She is English first in terms of her language, but she tried to explain it and said, look, we all come from tribes in Africa. Each one speaks a little bit differently, does have an accent, and it's similar to what we kind of tried to explain to you that Bostonians do technically speak English, but they certainly don't sound like Clay Travis, Jason Martin, Robert G. or, or Danny G. They don't I'm sound like any it. of us. I'm well, not buying wrong. it. I've seen these totally Nigerian wrong. scam emails. This is not the emails written by somebody who's scamming about what language they're speaking. No, I'm saying they're not the emails written by somebody who is English as their first language. Maybe they, well, I mean, I wouldn't imagine most of the smart ones are the ones doing that anyway, quite frankly, because we all sort of know this now. And maybe the writing is different. Maybe it's a different, there there are like, you know, maybe they don't have 100% English. There are differences, again, because they're coming from tribes and they have different life experiences and all of that. It's not like I'm the not same buying, professor d- that taught you taught me. Don't y- Different life experience? Don't, 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 don't try to sell me on this. Clay, you're uh, just too much of a conspiracy theorist. Everything is I don't buy it. It's like some things it. are just true. It's a fact. I, I don't buy it. I've seen too sources. many Nigerian, Nigerian scammer emails to believe that they actually speak English everywhere oh, in sure Nigeria. Are sure they're even coming from Nigeria? Who knows? Scott in Des Moines. Scott's probably on my side here. Scott, what's up? He's an Iowan. He's got great, great uh, in individual uh, dexterity in terms of mental <laughs> uh, gymnastics here. Yeah, I'm good at picking corn. Hey, uh, so the most money I ever saw at one time, I was in Vegas for the uh, World Series of Poker finale, and they brought the uh, million dollars out and set it oh, on the, the table. Oh, the pallet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, it, it's a pretty good size uh chunk of money I, I was looking it up here it looks like a million dollars weighs 22 pounds and hundred dollar bills so hopefully the denomination is a hundred dollars so you're what but that's what it looked like pounds. in the picture 850 yeah, yeah, yeah. pounds of hundred dollar yep. bills that's actually so thinking, good info 
well, you know, I've had time here sitting on hold for a while. But anyway, so uh, you, I think your uh, your method to get it to the coast, get a yacht. But I'm thinking with these uh, new, um, you know, the Cuba is open now. I think you get that stuff to Cuba. You charter a uh, fishing boat and uh, you stuff a, a bluefin uh, tuna cavity with that money and bring it in that way. Yeah, that, I'm not. Take, I'm not taking it to Cuba. I'm not taking it to the only non-capitalistic country in the entire Western Hemisphere that's close proximity to the United States. If I can get to Cuba, I'm going on to the United States. It's 90 miles to Key West. So that's a bad idea, I think. A lot of people are saying, and I think this might be the best idea now that I think about it, you don't need to get to America, you just need to get to Switzerland. I bet there's people, like many of these African quote-unquote democracies are actually kleptocracies, which means that their leaders are constantly stealing money. So this can't be unheard of to have somebody who is from Africa just arriving in Europe with millions of dollars in cash. I think that's probably a good play. Let's go to Asa and a- is it Asa? It's Asa. Asa. Asa in Austin. You got it. Hey guys, I actually like the diamond idea. I hate to go back to it, but the diamond get- idea is an awful idea. Are you going to bring in your own gemologist from the United States? I don't know that you have to. There are huge, huge companies that are very reputable mining really, really big diamonds. In your face, Clay. You could, you, could, <laughs> you could pose as someone with a lot of money, maybe royalty from somewhere, and buy four diamonds and spend that much money. And you've got something very small to move. And it wouldn't be that big of a deal. It wouldn't be something that was absolutely unheard of. I just and don't buy the, the fact that there's instantly. that many people buying $10 million diamonds in African countries and getting good trades there. Um, I love the idea in general. All of the major, all of the huge diamonds that are being found in the world are all being purchased one way or another from Africa or the majority of them. But those people are experts in gems. What I'm saying is you could give me a cubic zirconium and I could pay $10 million for it, and I would have no idea. So I guess you're saying go to a company that's big enough and reputable enough that well, you right. could do like, it. Like, you could go – I mean, most of the major mining firms are, you know, uh, uh, Western-based companies, you know, maybe Russian. But you're going to find companies based out of, you know, obviously Israel, London, Belgium, Canada. The Canadian company just found the second largest diamond in Botswana. I read about that. That's a ways away. So – you could go to one of those places. Now, that you couldn't even afford that diamond, though. That's probably a $70 million diamond. So the other thought, though, just as the thing, the thing that they're definitely Nigerian pirates, but the thing that they export the most is oil, right? So yes. what if you bought a large oil tanker and loaded it and made one shipment to India, that's their biggest importer of oil, and then sold the ship. You'd do one shipment and one ship, and you'd probably end up with more than $43 million. You just I might hire you, Asa. I might just uh, get, leave your number for Jason in case I find $43 million in Nigeria. I might hire you as a consultant to smuggle my money in. Let's go to uh, Eric in Key West. Eric, Key West is a place full, full of pirates. By the way, the last thing I want to do is then get the Russians involved with my $43 million. I'm not going to a Russian diamond company. Russia, they will, like, sell you uh, – you can buy anything in Russia, right? Like, Russia went all in on capitalism. So if you decided right now, like, you're over in Russia and you're like, I just want to buy a kidney. Like, you can just go buy a kidney. No doubt. Like, something, they'll just grab somebody and cut his kidney out for you and just hand it to you. Russia. That's how Russia is. I'm not going to Russia. Eric in Key West. What's up, Eric? 
Uh, not much. What you can do is spend about a month bouncing around Nigeria and buy uh, just the prepaid uh, credit cards. Go to a bank, uh, whoever. Uh, hold uh, on. You, you are suggesting that I translate the $43 million into credit cards? Well, prepaid. <laughs> Yeah, you know, prepaid can, credit you know, cards. I can walk in and buy a ten do million dollars. Show buzzer. <laughs> do we? This is a, I thought the guy from Key West. They smuggle everything into Key West. Key West basically exists as a smuggling port, and the guy calls in and says, "Just go buy a bunch of credit cards." I, the last thing I want to do is have a ten million dollar credit card. I don't want my debit card to have. You know, you know how they, you can't get a debit card without a credit card function on it now. So if you lose your debit card, people just run up huge amounts of of, of damages for you. This has happened to me. You know this? like, And I went back and I said, I don't want a credit card function on my debit card, okay? All I want is the debit card to get money out. And you can't even get just debit cards now because the banks all have to make money. And so they all turn the debit cards into credit cards, check cards as they call them. But then if you lose your check card, people just go out and just drain your bank account. And I'm like, this is an awful idea. You can't even. So that's an awful idea. I can't believe the guy from Key West smuggling capital of America. All right, let's go to Scott in Charlotte, and then we got to get to break here and get to Alex Marvez. Scott, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Good. Hey, uh, how about uh, how about investing in a business or buying a business, maybe like some BS storefront, like a McDonald's or something like that, starting a business, and that uh, you know you can. Go back and forth saying you're checking on your business and start following the money that way. Who cares if the business flounders? You get your money out of the country. Yeah, you know, the last thing I want to do other than trade my money in for gyms is buy a McDonald's in Nigeria. It's I have no idea what that thing here. Yeah, it's exactly like what was the El Pollo? What's the Los Pollos Hermanos? Los Pollos Hermanos. Yeah, you can, you can, I don't need to smuggle it in through that. And I don't want to have a chain of restaurants where I'm like employing a bunch of people and like worried about shipping in beef and getting sued for all sorts of ridiculousness. The last thing I want to do is run a fast food restaurant, unless it's Chick-fil-A. If I could take Chick-fil-A to Nigeria, not going to brag, but I hate to brag, but I think if I could take Chick-fil-A to Nigeria that I would become a billionaire because I guarantee you that Chick-fil-A, they have Chick-fil-A with somebody look and see if they have Chick-fil-A in Nigeria yet. But you know what I might do is contact the Chick-fil-A people and be like, Here's $43 million. I want exclusivity to Africa for Chick-fil-A. And you open a Chick-fil-A restaurant. I'm telling you right now, Chick-fil-A, the four best businesses in America right now, Apple, Google, um, Facebook, Chick-fil-A. There is not a Chick-fil-A in this country that doesn't make a billion dollars a year. That could be a little bit wrong, a little bit off, but they have people now at Chick-fil-A who stand outside of Chick-fil-A and actually design the the lines right they have people who stand outside of chick-fil-a and just make sure that the drive-through lines don't get too backed up into the road you tell me right now that they have a, they have any international chick-fil-a could See, i, I buy international so. chick-fil-a I'm, rights I'm, like do they I'm have looking up i'm looking do they up. have there's chick-fil-a a, in europe yet there's a nigerian manager of a chick-fil-a that there's a bunch of articles about her from out in uh, California, she kind of escaped bad times in Nigeria. To yeah, come I don't over care here, about that. I don't think that's, that's a great story for her. Do they have Chick Fil A in like? Do they have Chick Fil A anywhere other than America right now? I don't think so. That is that is maybe the greatest business in the world to get into. You tell me right now. Uh, that's what I would do. There's one in Canada. There's one in Calgary, Alberta, Only in the Calgary in International Canada? Airport. What in the world is Canada? None in Mexico. Only one in Canada. That that is like. I mean, I'm not kidding about this. Chick Fil A, best business in America. We, that's what we would do. 
we would just get exclusive rights. All right, here we go. We got to go to what's trending. Then we're going to talk to Marvez about how he'd get $43 million out of Nigeria. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And as well, my guys at True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in Alex Marvez now. Uh, Alex joins us every single Tuesday. He's never been asked this question before. If you got $43 million, which is about as much as Brock Osweiler got in Nigeria, Alex, <laughs> do you think you could get the money out of the country without being killed? Uh, it would be difficult, but you know, my Nigerian sources that I rely on for my NFL news <laughs> would actually be happy to help me. And listen, I have a prince or two in the family around there. You know what I'm saying? We've been in communication on email, provided some credit card numbers already for some different things he was asking about and, and another wire transfer. So I, I think I'd be good. What's going to happen? Who's going to be the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft? I think Mitch Trubisky or Mitchell Trubisky, as his mother asks that you call him, uh, will be that guy. I talked with him last night, actually, and, you know, he, he sells himself really well. And I could be wrong. Could be Deshaun Watson going to be one of those two guys. But, you know, the guy's basically trying to say, yes, I know I've only played 13 games. We all understand that. But here's why I think that my game can continue to evolve and project to the next level. So, you know, comes across as a very likable kid, has a great arm, a lot of the physical skills that you need. Plus, what separates him maybe even though he was one of these spread offense guys is that he can run you know he's not he's not just a guy who's going to sit there in the pocket this guy can actually turn up field and go so I think that he'll probably get that that nod at you know nod but where he goes play this thing gets really weird starting with San Francisco at number two because I can look and make an argument for a number of teams drafting in the top 13 to select a quarterback beside the Cleveland Browns we're talking New York Jets Buffalo Bills hey New Orleans Saints if you love this guy Drew Brees in the final year of his contract he might be the guy for you the New York Jets obviously the Chicago Bears even Jacksonville if you're not sold on Blake Bortles and you love Mitchell Trubisky he's your guy so this is what makes this draft so chaotic worst case scenario by the way for the Jags all three top defensive linemen go off the board one two three and they're left holding the bag at four they probably take Leonard Fournette but I'm not sure if Tom Coughlin a guy who has a history of taking defensive linemen early really wants to take a running back that high in the draft Leonard Fournette potentially at four where does Christian McCaffrey go uh Christian will be out top 15 and, you know, Philadelphia seems like one of those potential spots. How about New Orleans? You talk about, you know, and you know Sean Payton loves his offense, and I know that they need defensive help, but this guy can basically do everything. He can run from out of the backfield. He's he's a between-the-tackles guy. When you need him to be, he can catch. He can make people miss. I mean, he's even got wide receiver-type skills. Very versatile guy. I think he goes top 15. Dalvin Cook is the one. You know, Clay, I keep getting asked, maybe because I'm from South Florida, maybe because I like the nightlife once in a while, or, you know. <laughs> but I keep getting asked about Dalvin Cook and the group of people he associates with you know it's like look just because we're both from Miami doesn't necessarily mean that we all hang out in the same circles but you know there is a little bit of concern about that with Dalvin Cook and and, you know are you going to be able to trust this guy off the field and you know he's got a shoulder as well so I'm not saying that Dalvin Cook isn't going to get drafted in the first round but if this guy started to slide a little bit because of the shoulder because of a little bit of off field it wouldn't shock me where's Joe Mixon going to go uh, well, Cincinnati's got that. That's a Bengals. Oh, pick, go figure! Isn't it? Yeah. isn't it a Bengals pick all over? That's unbelievable. If the Bengals, I wouldn't draft him if I was Paul Brown, just because everybody would expect the Bengals to draft him. <laughs> well, you know that's the thing, though. Is, you know the the wayward home. 
You know, that's it. Look, Adam Jones is still on that team, and he's doing everything to try to get cut. He's pulling a Costanza, right? I yes. mean, if the, if the Bengals had a Lombardi trophy, he'd be driving around the parking lot with it on the back of his car. You know, that's the type of, of guy that Adam now, Jones is. If the Bengals is were about to win a Lombardi trophy, uh, Pac-Man Jones would get a – you know, like 10 personal foul penalties before the – just like he did when they were about to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. He can't, he can't control himself emotionally. And the Bengals – this is just reflective of the Bengals, a team that always seems to lose its cool, that loses the big one all the time. Well, you keep Adam Jones on your team like this, and you can expect that sort of thing. But, you know, when I ask Gil – it's interesting. Gil Brandt, you know, who my partner on SiriusXM, he does his Hot 150 list. He's been doing this for 57 years, Clay. The, hot, wow. the top 150 – yeah, I know. Top 150 prospects in the draft. He does doesn't have Joe Mixon on there just because of the off-field. He said, talent-wise, eh, top 10 guy. But I'm not going to put him on my list because teams are so – not only are they worried about what Joe Mixon's going to do in the future, but they're also worried about the fallout from this video. And you have to have a system in place, Clay. When he comes in, you got to be able to sell him to the public, and you got to make sure that the guy is actually serious. That's a, the ultimate thing, too, and this is why he's gone along to all these different places. You know, is he serious about never make, making sure this incident doesn't happen again, putting himself in positions where he's not going to get into any more trouble? I mean, because this one is – you know, it's, it's a heinous thing that the guy did, and it's caught on video. How many quarterbacks go in the first round? Uh, I think I've been told as many as five. I'm not buying that, but I do believe that three or four are going to go. Patrick Mahomes is a guy who's really caught fire uh, among NFL teams. You know, initially I was told, you know, at best a second round pick. Again, a spread guy that needs to make the transition, but he's really impressed with his arm strength, his his savvy in the interviews. So he's looked good. The guy who, to me, and I don't want to say he's a fast riser because, Clay, we're media slappies. You know, we don't really know where teams have their their draft boards, so to speak. And sometimes when we say a guy's rising, it's because in the media, he's rising but Davis Webb of Cal is someone who's really excited a lot of people would not be surprised if this guy goes late first round early second round he's, he's a really sharp kid I think you know look watching him at the Reese's Senior Bowl I see stuff in him I don't see in Jared Goff you know That's, what I mean the, the Rams may have taken the wrong Cal quarterback wouldn't shock me there but this is a, a young man to follow the guy who's dropped a little bit I think in some people's eyes Deshaun Kaiser especially you know Brian Kelly's comments the kid needs to grow up on and off the field he needs to improve you're looking a little bit more of a developmental project but if you're the Chicago Chicago Bears, for example, picking early in the second round, looking for that developmental guy behind the great Mike Lennon. This could be your guy. Outstanding stuff, as always, Alex. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, two days before the draft. Be good, baby. Sounds good. uh, Will do. That's Alex Marvez. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Two really important questions up right now, poll questions. Do you believe I could smuggle $43 million from Nigeria to America? A lot of haters out there. That's all I got to say. A lot of haters out there. Only 30% of you saying yes. So 30% 70% idiots. of you saying no. What did you try to say, Jason Martin? I said 30% idiots then. (laughs) Why does no one have any faith in me? I just don't think you understand what you would be up against. You're not Jason Bourne. You don't think that if I turned my massive intellect from hockey to smuggling (laughs) money into the United States that I could not turn this into... Again, I'm not a, I, I, I'm not trying to say I'm a genius, but if you put a... Actually, you have said that on this show many times. Well... That's that's okay. Maybe I am a genius, but I am saying doesn't mean that I'm not right here. You put an alligator on the ice in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Is it the Stanley Cup playoffs or just the Stanley Cup finals? 
It's the Stanley Cup Finals, but, I mean, it's the NHL playoffs, but you can still call it the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. All right, the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm telling you, the only way you're ever going to outrate the NBA if you were hockey, alligator on the ice once you get to overtime. Well, grab the one that was out in Charleston County. That's what I'm saying. This weekend in Mount Pleasant. I'm going to get to that, I think, probably the start of hour three. Alligators coming up everywhere. One just came out of a storm drain in New Orleans. Seven footer just came. I tweeted it out. Just came crawling right out. Like you're just walking down the street, French Quarter. Next thing you know, an alligator just comes out of the storm drain. Seven foot one. That's why you don't uh, live near water, Clay. Uh, I, I, well, New Orleans is underground. You know, like subterranean city. That's how it flooded so badly. So that's why they have to bury everybody above ground. So that theoretically, it's just one big swamp there. Um, and the, what was I going to go to? Oh. You want the NHL, what did they have, like uh, 18 overtime games last night, you told four. me? Four. Four. I was close. All four games that were played last night went to overtime. All four NHL games. I know that one of them was the Preds and the Blackhawks because the Preds are now up 3-0 on the Blackhawks, the eight seed over the one seed. I know that the Washington Capitals are playing somebody from Canada. They have Toronto. a team from Canada. And they okay. lost. Toronto's you know had a team? one Do you know they had a team in uh, Canada, NHL team? Did I know that? Yeah. I was aware, yes. How many Canadian teams are there in the NHL? Do you know the answer to that? Off the top of my head, I would say five, but that might be a little bit shy. I was going to say six, but the challenge here is I don't think I can name six Canadian cities. I think they have one in Ottawa. Yep, that's right. I think they have one in Toronto. Uh, I think they have one in Montreal. I know they have one in Vancouver, and I know they have one in Winnipeg. I think that's all five five of them. Do they have Calgary? Does Calgary still exist? Yes. Six. Hey. Did you say Ottawa? Yes. Edmonton also. I said it. You did Why say you pay that? attention to what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm trying to bring up a list of all the teams so I can help you out here. Oh, I Seven. missed one. Seven. I missed one. Oh, that's tough. I, I named all six. Does Saskatchewan have one? Does, uh... No. They do not. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Ottawa. Oh, it might have been, might have been Winnipeg that Toronto. I was missing. Winnipeg. And Montreal. And Winnipeg didn't exist. They went away for a while and came back just a few years ago. So I, I will give you a pass on that because you're such a hockey guru. Winnipeg, if you gave me a map of Canada, Canada is a large country. I like to consider it to be America's top hat. If you told me that I had to get Winnipeg within a 1,000 miles of where Winnipeg is located, I don't think I could pull it off. I don't know do how you we can do that on radio, but I'd love uh, to try. No, if you just gave me a map and you just said, Clay Travis, I know you can smuggle $43 million out of Nigeria. I appreciate all the support that I'm getting on False. Twitter. If you said, but can you get within 1,000 miles of Winnipeg in the great expanse of Canada? I don't know that I could. I mean, I think I would just be like, I mean, basically, I think I'm correct in this, that around 90% of all Canadians live within an hour of Toronto. I'm pretty sure that's correct. So I would probably just say it's within an hour of Toronto. Because nobody lives in, like, there's nobody in Canada for, like, the whole of Canada, and then you get to Vancouver. And I think we're on in Vancouver right now. And so all these people in Canada are starting off their day with me. The distance between Winnipeg and Toronto, what did you say? I said an hour. 938 miles. So it's a little bit so more than an hour. A, yes, it's not an Which hour. Which direction, though? 
Uh, you're going east. If you're going from Winnet- if you're going from Manitoba to Ontario, you're going east. Uh, I don't to know Toronto. what any of what you're just saying to me. Manitoba Winnipeg to all Toronto, that stuff. you're moving east. You're moving from basically above North Dakota to above Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, so Winnipeg is west, though. Yes, I'm saying you're There's traveling nothing east out if you're there. Going Winnipeg to is like the only place that anybody lives in Canada other than Vancouver or Toronto. You either live in Vancouver, Toronto, or Winnipeg. Or I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. Final hour. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Final hour, we will go to Casey Smith. Two poll questions up as we reset all of the great news in the world of sports. There were two teams eliminated from the NBA championship last night. The San Antonio Spurs defeated the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Cleveland Cavaliers defeated the Indiana Indiana Pacers. People out there saying, oh, they're only up 2-0. Those series are over. We don't need to talk about them anymore. Cavs are going to advance. Spurs are going to advance. Condolences if you're a Memphis or Indiana fan. Grizzlies in particular, dead franchise walking. They're getting old, creaky. Their guys aren't playing. Tony Allen sitting out the series. Zach Randolph is 163. They have no hope to ever be a good franchise with those teams, uh, with those guys as their linchpins. By the way, Marcus Gasol has got to be the slowest dude ever to score 30 points in an NBA team, NBA game. Uh, so those things happen. The Nashville Predators beat the Chicago Blackhawks to go up 3-0, only the second time we believe in the history of one versus eight seeds in the playoffs. The Vancouver Canucks also got down 3-0 to the LA Kings back in 2012. That's the only other one versus eight we can think of where it started off 3-0 in favor of of the eight seed. And we'll see whether the Nashville Predators can eliminate the Vancouver, sorry, the, the Chicago Blackhawks who came into the NHL playoffs as the favorite. Now, again, I'm not trying to tell the NHL how to ru- how to run their franchise and run their playoffs, but you add an alligator to the ice in the playoffs, ratings skyrocket. I'm watching every night. As is, four overtime games. I'm sure they were entertaining. What did we find the other two overtime games were? We knew Toronto played that team from Canada. I mean, sorry, the, the Washington Center, the Washington Capitals. Jeez. Who lose everything, by the way. Worst sports city in America right now, Atlanta or Washington, D.C.? Washington, if you look at the level of talent that they've had in different ways, especially with the Capitals. The Capitals should have probably won multiple Stanley Cups by this point. Alexander Ovechkin is still on that list of best to have never won a championship. Not a good year. I saw somebody tweet this for Russians in D.C. so far. They're down 2-1. Ouch. Um, but... I went to college in D.C., and I can tell you that D.C. is one of the chokingest pro sports franchise cities in America. I think Atlanta and D.C. are the two chokingest cities. And obviously the, the, the freaking Falcons giving up the 28-3 to lead. Apologies, Atlanta. Since then, even the interstates in Atlanta are choking. Two of them have collapsed. I don't know if there's a better way to describe the collapse of the city of Atlanta than randomly just two of their interstates stopped working. I love the story. Atlanta. The story of 85, like the day that I was uh, flying to Orlando, I beat what happened on 85 by about 30 minutes. But the story that came out when we were flying back, I was on like a shuttle back to my car, and the news report came across and said, local officials in Atlanta are rethinking their idea of putting explosive chemicals underneath underpasses. (laughs) 
It's like, <laughs> did this need to happen to make that a – was that a good idea originally? I just uh, – explosive chemicals anywhere seem like a bad idea. Yeah, it like does. If, if you lived in a house next to somebody who was storing explosive chemicals, you'd be like, I don't want to live in this neighborhood. I'm seems not like a, a bad guy. idea to put explosive – yeah, I'm not a number – we need to play that. It seems like a bad idea to put explosive chemicals underneath the interstate. By the way, why did the, the situation in Atlanta impact your flight to Orlando? Well, just because of the way that I came in and the way my GPS moved me because of traffic, because I was you rolling drove in during to Orlando? rush hour. No, I drove to Atlanta and flew from Atlanta to Orlando because Why? I was meeting some people down there that I went to Orlando with, and the flights were cheaper that they had set up. So I just went ahead and let them do that, so I drove your, to Atlanta. Your willingness to drive to it. Let, let's, let's bring in Danny G and Robert on this. Your willingness to drive to Atlanta as if it's just like 10 minutes away really needs to be explored. You drove <laughs> down to Atlanta for an Atlanta Braves baseball game and back in the same day. I'm telling you right now, I would not drive eight hours because that's about what it is. I would not drive eight hours to watch any sporting event unless – it was with an entire cheerleading squad, and they were topless for the entire game. So that that <laughs> otherwise, I'm not getting into my car and driving. Like you guys are in L. A. Danny G. And Rob, what would it require for you to drive four hours to go watch a two and a half hour sporting event? A hot model who was like five eleven, and Jason she lived Martin, in Oregon. You guys, you guys are on the West Coast. You like, like this idea that Nashville and Atlanta are just like a hop, skip, and a jump from each other. Like that's a substantial <laughs> commitment. It's like if you're in it's it's like if you're in New York City right now and you're listening to this, you're being like, you know what? I think I'll just drive to Washington D.C. for the weekend. Just go hang out. Now maybe you do it, maybe you do it, but it's like it's a pretty substantial commitment. It's not like these are just like cities that are side by side. I've just always driven a lot in my life. I did a cross country trip when I graduated from high school. I've driven to Washington State twice. You know, I've Why? driven to Canada. Well, I had a reason. I had a business reason to go to Washington State. What I could have found a different you, way. Were you smuggling pot back? What, <laughs> did you have, what business reason no, did you have to go professional wrestling related. I had to go and, and meet some officials out there when I first started in professional wrestling, and they happened to be out there because that sounds like a totally made up story. It's not. It's, it's absolutely not. You had to drive to meet him in person? Yeah. I mean, it was it was just kind of being introduced by a couple of people to a couple of people. So I decided to and make the drove? trip. you drove? Why didn't and, you fly? And, of course, being in wrestling on the weekends, twice a week, I'm usually driving 200 miles to go to different shows, you know, carpooling, but sometimes doing it on my own from Atlanta there to South Carolina all the time. There are direct flights from Nashville to Orlando. I didn't fly literally, very much. Literally, kind they're of expensive. Like six a day. I know this because I everybody goes to Disney World. Like, I had to go to Disney World for a week. So I flew my family down. Might as well have rented a private jet. Um, so there are tons of different ways to go. Once you drive to Atlanta, you might as well keep driving to Orlando. I mean, I guess, except the flight was free for me, and I was with friends. So Why was they the flight free? That because they handled that through... You know, they had discounts and all those kinds are of things. Are you a male prostitute? Flyers. You're 30, if you're 38 years old and people are giving you free tic- free tickets for air fly- airlines, something shady's going on. Look, I'm not a travel. numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. I will amen, I Coach will travel. That's, that's a reason to date me right there. They're like, I will travel. I will take you places. I will do things. I enjoy it. I don't mind driving. I enjoy it. And I actually enjoy doing things on my own, too. I enjoy you know, you being went, able to collect my thoughts. Did you go like solo to the Atlanta Braves game and back in the same day? I did. That's psychotic. Okay. Question for Danny G and Robert. Borderline psychotic behavior to drive down to Atlanta four hours each way to go watch a baseball game by yourself. Oh, that's beyond crazy. No, that's it's not. not I, had, I had thoughts. No, I had Jason, a lot of things on my mind. I wanted to get away. The best way to do it is get in a car and drive, listen to some music. You know, just kind of while out and went down. There's only one time that you can go see Atlanta open their ballpark. 
and it's yeah, that until they day. open a new now, ballpark. Now, now, Jason, uh, or we this told, fall when they open the new football stadium. Jason, we told Clay this off the air yesterday. Oh, they, they did. They brought this up. Justin was actually uh, uh, in the studio here. You know, he'll be back here tomorrow <laughs> and the next rest of the week. And right after you said this on the air, Justin says to himself, not involved in our conversation whatsoever. Man, I had an opportunity to get laid this weekend if I drove to Vegas. Even I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I think I think it's borderline psycho behavior uh, to, to drive to Atlanta to go to a baseball game by yourself and drive back in the same day. I mean, it was it was an easy trip. It's a four-hour drive is nothing to me. And I came back the next day, and I had an event that I had to do, and I you did You didn't it. come back the next day. You came back after the game. It was still the next day. It was 2.15 a.m. That's even crazier. The one time you could actually sleep in. All right. By the way, you can call in if you agree or disagree that Jason Martin potentially psychotic behavior to drive to Atlanta to go watch a Braves game by himself. Uh, 877-996-6369. Bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Casey Smith. We'll ask her whether or not it's psychotic. I want to get to this alligator on the second floor story. Uh, How could we not get to that? But first, I've been promising that we're going to replay this. This happened last night. So I told you again, the Grizz lost to the Spurs. Their season's over. The uh, the Cavs lost uh, the Cavs. Sorry, the Cavs beat the Pacers. Pacer season is over. I don't know what the Pacer coach said after the game, but I do know that this guy named what's his name, David Fisdale. Correct. You've never heard of him either. Yes, I have. Nobody's he was assistant heard of David. with the Miami Heat. Nobody's heard of David Fisdale. Evidently, he's an NBA coach, and this is what he said after their loss to the uh, to the San Antonio Spurs. You know, it's unfortunate that I got a guy like Mike Conley who, in his whole career, has got zero technical fouls and just cannot seem to get the proper respect from the officials um, that he deserves. Uh, It was a very poorly officiated basketball game. Um, Zach Randolph, the most rugged guy in the game, had zero free throws, but somehow Kawhi Leonard had 19 free throws. First half, we shot 19 points, shots, 19 shots in the paint, and we had six free throws. They shot 11 times in the paint, and they had 23 free throws. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Overall, 35 times we shot the ball in the paint. We had 15 free throws for the game. They shot 18 times in the paint and had 32 free throws. Kawhi shot more free throws than our whole team. Explain it to me. We don't get the respect that these guys deserve because Mike Conley doesn't go crazy. He has class, and he just plays the game. But I'm not going to let them treat us that way. You know, I know Pop's got pedigree, and I'm a young rookie, but they're not going to rook us. That's unacceptable. That was unprofessional. My guys dug in that game and earned the right to be in that game, and they did not even give us a chance. Take that for data. Who was the guy in the background? Did somebody say that? Now that we've, like, this is like the Zabruder film, and I can listen to this again. I love, take that for data, and then slamming his fist down is an amazing line. That's exactly what a lot of you want to do to the IRS this weekend. Uh, take that for week. data. Bang. But right before that, can we go back? Can we pull it back? There's some guy in the background who's like, thank you. Is there somebody rooting him on in the in the press conference? That, no, like, is- no, no, no. I think thank you guy is probably media relations guy saying this is probably the end of the presser. <laughs> like, you know, the guy that He's stands to next to out. the table that's like, all right, thank you. Like, it was that's like, it, guys. Best press conference of the year last year was the press conference that, uh, that the Ole Miss had where the guy who's with the gas mask, whose name is immediate, Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. Laramie Tunsil gets the gas mask video released. But By the way, I wish we'd been doing the radio show then because Laramie Tunsil gets a gas mask released video where he's smoking weed like minutes before the draft starts. He starts to plummet down. Then Ole Miss brings him out to talk uh, to the media, 
and Laramie Tunzel admits that he was paid to play f- football at Ole Miss, and then just some random woman walks in and just ends the press conference. I think it was somebody who represented him at CAA. Uh, I think that's who it was, or it was a Ole Miss official. I don't remember who it was, but she just walks in, and she's like, yeah, we're done here. And I have no idea who it was. She was like, this is just a slow-moving train wreck. This is basically what happens when you put your car on the tracks and you don't realize the train won't stop for a mile after it hits you. That's what happened. We had a train wreck of a press conference. This is a little bit of a train wreck of a press conference. I don't think it's all at, at all. Um, everything is, uh, is, is crazy. It's absurd. Um, all right, uh, question. For you guys out there, there are two poll questions. Evidently, a lot of you have reached out to me. I asked the question, is international Chick-fil-A restaurants, there are none so far other than that one you found, Jason Martin, in what, Calgary's airport? Yeah, that that opened in 2014. That was the first time that they went past the U.S. borders to open a Chick-fil-A restaurant. That, my friend, is not true because Chick-fil-A opened in South Africa in 2001. Are you sure about that? Pretty sure. Google it. Several people sent it to me, and they had to close. So my theory of opening Chick Fil A internationally, I don't know what I don't know who ran the Chick Fil A South Africa franchise, but that guy should be drawn and quartered because somehow he managed to get the franchise closed. Second question: Do you believe I could smuggle forty three million dollars from Nigeria to America? No is winning by a substantial margin right now. Sixty eight percent of you, sixty nine percent of you, are total haters and don't believe anything. Although TJ did reach out and say, when you're white, although he used the wrong your, when you're white, anything is possible, exclamation point. Racist. Was it racist of me to say, I was thinking about this afterwards, a racist of me to suggest that Chick-fil-A would succeed in Africa? Because I also think it would succeed in Europe and and, and Australia and uh, what are the other continents? Asia. Am I missing one? I think there's another continent that I'm missing. Antarctica. I don't think it would succeed there. I don't think there are enough people. Got to feed the polar bears, Clay. They have the McMurdo base there, I think, is the only people who live in Antarctica, right? Or I think that's right. They have one base where like 200 people live, if I'm not mistaken. I do think a Chick-fil-A might work there, actually, now that I think about it. Who needs Chick-fil-A more than people who live in Antarctica? Even better. Most people agree with me, by the way, that you're psychotic for driving four hours each way to go watch a Braves game by yourself. I'm Clay Travis. Let's take a break. We come back, bottom of the hour, Casey Smith. Uh, We will dive back into this uh, amazing playoff situation. Evidently, there were 16 NHL overtime games last night. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably... Should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We'll be joined by Casey Smith here at the bottom of the hour to talk about the Celtics taking on the Bulls in Boston. Also, the marathon that happened yesterday. And a great, fantastic story about a sign that was held up on the side of the marathon and ESPN getting dunked on. But we will get to that in the future. In the meantime, like I said always, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I didn't just do that, did I? Did I do that twice? I'm reading the G-chat. I'm not sure if I hit the ads twice. If I did, I did do it twice, bang, bang. Did I really? That's a bonus right there. Man. They pay extra for that kind of stuff. Man, I thought, see, that's the problem with trying to read the G-chat while you're also reading. Just turn your brain off. Speaking of turn your brain off, a lot of you have turned your brains off. You don't believe that I could smuggle in $43 million from Nigeria. 
If you have no idea what we're talking about, you need to go download the podcast. $43 million found in a random Nigerian apartment. I believe I could smuggle it back in. 69% of you disagree with me. Also, international Chick-fil-A restaurants. There are none so far. Greatest untapped American business, 100%. No doubt at all. Uh, there's one. Couple there's of, one. I told you. Well, there's I, one listen, in Calgary. I'm not counting, I'm not counting the Calgary, Canada. Airport. as like Yeah, airport. There used to be three. There did franchise. used to apparently be three in South Africa that closed in 2001. If you go to like Wikipedia and encyclopedia.com as well, they both say that the one in 2014 was the first so I guess there's dispute, but I'll go with the South Africa thing. They closed them 16 years ago. It is weird that they haven't gone out of the country. They had looked apparently at France and Germany and a couple of other places and just chose not to for some reason. I think it's wild that they chose South Africa to open the first ever Chick-fil-A's. That seems like a really strange decision to go with. Uh, by the way, I said I've been teasing this for a little while, so I want to hit it. This is an unbelievable story. A 10-foot alligator climbed onto the second floor of a Charleston, South Carolina area home. There is video of this alligator on their porch. This is an unbelievable story. Uh, Susie Polson had fallen asleep watching Friends on television. She woke up late at night to a loud intruder on the porch outside her Mount Pleasant home. She said, somebody's trying to break into the house. They secluded themselves in the master bedroom and called 911. Then the racket quit. Her son, who's 16 years old, snuck a look and started yelling, oh my God, I found it, I found it. In the early hours of Easter morning, a nearly 10-foot alligator climbed up the back stairway to their second-story home, crushed through the aluminum screen door, and got at home on the sofa and swinging bench just up there. Wouldn't leave. They tried, spent two hours trying to get it to leave. They couldn't get it. A five-footer we could put a dog stick on and dragged it out. One that large, this is a quote from Ronnie Russell, and I'm not lying about this. Where does he work? The Gator Getter Consultants. What a business. We need to get Ronnie Russell on, by the way. One that large, he likes to grab onto things to fight. Well, that doesn't sound good. And uh, the, this was not a whole lot of room up there on the porch. Alligator, and this, if you're wondering... Alligators wandering up to homes isn't unusual in South Carolina, but climbing a staircase is. But he was evidently looking for a mate. Much like you, Jason Martin, this is the gator equivalent of driving four hours each way to Atlanta to go watch a baseball game. So that is an unbelievable story. I can't imagine, and by the way, their home sits by a pond, and in seven years, they hadn't seen an alligator get past the fencing. But that's what alligators do. You see the so photo? So that is a pretty crazy story. Yeah, I saw that. There's the a video. photo is unbelievable. Well, I just see this still shot here on this one that I'm looking at. This is pretty damn terrifying, quite frankly. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I believe in, and if you listen to this show, you know that I believe in the animal Thunderdome. That is, I believe that animals are always out to get us. I don't trust them. I'm not a dog guy. I'm not a cat guy. I think that animals are always trying to kill you. And they're just not very good at it because we're smarter than they are. But this alligator is 10 feet long, and it's on the porch. And the porch is like, it's a pretty nice porch. I mean, it's on a golf course. Yeah, it is. And they have a picture of, as well, the staircase that this thing came up on, if you click the video. I don't know where alligator on the porch ranks in terrifying potential events, but if you're on the second floor, you should be comfortable that an alligator can't get to you. Like, this is changing the rules. I know sharks can't fly, but alligators shouldn't be able to go upstairs. Like, I don't know what this alligator was thinking, 
But that's unacceptable alligator behavior. Totally unacceptable. There's somebody out there who wants to defend your drive. You got your mom to call in. Who's calling in here? <laughs> There's a lot of people on Twitter defending me, first of all. But Grant in Florida definitely wants to defend me on Grant, one. Jason right. Martin is psychotic. I think you should I think you should go no, to, uh, Jason, to jail. Jason's here. a hero to all those road rash uh, kind of guys. I did a ten hour round trip from St. Louis to Chicago to watch the Marlins and the Cubbies play in nineteen ninety five. And I don't at, understand. Because, because this, it was there. I've never been to Wrigley Field before. Because it was there, like Mount Everest. Well, you could go to Wrigley Field well, at any point. Not if you don't live anywhere near it. it, and it this, a, is bad, this is a bad argument. Like, I don't understand you. Like, I live, 20 miles, I live 20 miles from downtown Nashville. I lots of times will be like, eh, it's not worth driving into downtown. All right? <laughs> the last thing I'm going to do is get into a car. Like, in, in all honesty, I hate driving. All right. Okay. The last, unless somebody is paying me to do it, the odds of me taking a leisure trip for eight <laughs> hours are zero. I love to do it. It's great. Yeah, I think you're psychotic. See, I'm the same Hang up way. on this guy. I'm the same way. I went to I went to St. Louis last year to go see Louis C.K. Came back the same night. Exact same deal. That was a little bit longer of a drive than Atlanta from Bowling Green. I do that kind of stuff all the time. It's a fun day. You get to do it. Like you just it's get a to fun get day. out. You just sit in your car by yourself and like. I mean, you're listening to music. You're listening to podcasts. You're catching up on things. I can you're do all that stuff. Working thoughts out in your head. I know you can't, Clay, but you're just lazy when it comes to cars. I actually enjoy driving. You don't. So I don't think it's psychotic. It's just driving? I enjoy being in a Who car more than you. Drive. I enjoy driving. Like what? what I do. Can, you enjoy vacuuming. Keep in like, mind my commute every it's a day utility. as well, Clay. Yeah. Well, that's insanity. Well, it ends in three weeks. May the 5th will be the last oh, one. Oh, I don't know why games. you're ending it. You love driving in solitude. <laughs> Not every day, but going to an event, you get to look forward to it. You get to make the drive. You get to maybe stop somewhere in a town that you haven't been in before. It's not that bad. It's all right. Danny G and Robert, back me up here. Eight hours for a two-hour baseball game? Two hours? What are you talking about? Two and a half, what baseball whatever, three, game are you watching? Three and a three half. Hours. Plus an hour of pregame, plus getting to look at this brand-new stadium and go through the museum. All of these different things. <laughs> There's nowhere on earth. I'm, I'm telling you right now, there's nowhere on earth I would drive eight hours to be for, somewhere for three hours. Not it's anywhere. Rela- it's relaxing to drive. If you pay me, <laughs> I'll do it. You have to pay me well now. You're a charlatan. used to be back in the day. Like, I'd go anywhere if you pay me enough money. Now, I, I'd driven down to Atlanta and back for TV back in the day. Not happening now. I'm, I, maybe I've become a diva. You Am are I a diva? diva? That's Is that what, diva like, behavior? Two people have used the word diva in tweets to me about you in the last ten minutes. Maybe I've become a diva. I don't know. I I tell you what, I, I will know this. I'd be really diva-like tendencies if I got the international rights to Chick-fil-A, because then I'd be really rich. I'm not driving anywhere. It's break time. Then we're going to talk to Casey Smith about the Celtics and the Bulls series. Also, we'll see whether or not she thinks Jason Martin is psychotic, what she would do if an alligator is 10 feet on her porch, and also... Does she think I could smuggle $43 million out of Nigeria? I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage. And here, my friends, let's find out what's trending. Take that for data. That for data, indeed. Are we live? Is this thing on? Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier, 
And remember, with True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. On an average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in Casey Smith, K-A-Y-C-E Smith. We're waking up her, her up early, as we do every single Tuesday in the final hour of the show. Casey, several questions to hit you with off the bat. You have no idea what you're walking into. Do you believe that I could <laughs> smuggle? You know me fairly well. You know that I'm a fairly intelligent person. Do you believe that I could smuggle $43 million in cash out of Nigeria? Well, is it in one trip or is it in multiple trips? One trip. I have to figure uh-huh, out how to get the money it. out of the country back to America. I think you could do it. I mean, there aren't very many people I would say that, but I think that you could. It would be a very impressive feat, but I'd have to be on your side on that one. All right, I appreciate that. Psychotic or not <laughs> psychotic behavior? Jason Martin, by himself, solo, drove down to Atlanta for the Braves' home opener four hours each way, was there for three hours, turned around, and drove back home. Never spoke to another human being. I hate hate driving. Amen. I hate it. Like, I will fly anywhere. I flew to Nashville just to see a Justin Bieber concert, but I won't drive, like, 30 minutes out of my way. I I, I just said I live 20 minutes outside of Nashville, and I won't drive into Nashville sometimes because I'm like, I don't know if it's worth it. That's a long trip, like, 100%. And everybody's saying that's diva behavior on my my behalf. Yeah, when I lived in College Station, that's, like, 100 miles from Dallas, and I would fly home to see my parents. So I would fly the 30-minute flight just to get home so I didn't have to drive two and a half hours. So... You know, it is what it is. All right. Alligator. Did you see the story about the 10-foot alligator that is capable of climbing stairs now and ended up on the porch of a Charleston area home? Uh, no, I didn't. That's terrifying. Okay. All right. So that, right? I mean, the alligator, like, that is outside the range of what acceptable alligator behavior should be. If you're on a porch, you should be comfortable that alligators are not ever able to get there. This is my argument that animals are after us. This is new move on the Thunderdome. I think we have to take out some alligators, like just like Donald Trump dropped the bomb on uh, on <laughs> the ISIS to try to send a message to everybody else, like North Korea, don't f with us. I think we got to take out a bunch of alligators now. I know they used to be an endangered species. I think they're getting way too cocky. They're just climbing upstairs now. They're coming into our homes. One thing: if you're on the first floor and an alligator tries to get in your house, second floor, unacceptable behavior. Time to get some deterrent action going on. See, I don't even trust cats. Like, I know you're big I on said animal that too. Thunderdome. I, like, I don't, I don't I, even I, trust Animal cats. Thunderdome. Like, I don't like cats. I don't like dogs. I don't trust any of them. Yeah, the fact that the, the cat knows where it's supposed to go to the bathroom without being taught. Like, human beings can't even have that happen. Like, I don't trust them. They know more than us. Like, anything with animals, they creep me out. I'm... I'm totally on your side on that one, too. Like, alligators scare me enough, but cats are really who I think are waging war against us, no question. Alligators survived the dinosaurs. They're going to survive us. Like, every other animal died. <laughs> True. And alligators have somehow survived <laughs> since the dinosaurs. Like, they're just kind of like, to me, the alligator going up the second floor is like dunking on somebody and hanging on the rim. Like, he didn't need to do that, and I think we need to go ahead and punish him for it. All right, speaking of dunking and hanging <laughs> on the rim, the, the uh, Celtics are now down 1-0. This is a absolute must-win game against the uh, Bulls tonight. What is the vibe in Boston? I think that the, the big thing that everybody around here is looking at is just kind of taking game one and putting it in a box and, and putting it away for right now because of what happened to Isaiah Thomas and his family. And clearly the Celtics were exposed with their weaknesses with the rebounding situation and offense when IT's not on the floor. 
but to have a tragedy like that happen to your star player, um, you know, 22-year-old younger sister in an accident, and, and the team uh, reported, a lot of people from the locker room said they, they were uncomfortable because he was so uh, distraught. They didn't know how to help him. Not uncomfortable because he was sad. That's obviously going to happen. But more of just, like, they didn't know how to help him because he wasn't reaching out to his teammates, and it was so soon and so early, and he decided to play. So I think the vibe here is let's see what happens tonight. Uh, game one was an unfortunate game, but at the same time, if they continue to have those weaknesses revealed tonight, then the series and the playoffs might look a little bit different than Boston fans want. But you can't really fall going through what they did, you know, less than 24 hours after finding out that his sister died. What was Patriot Day like in Boston for you for the first time to ever be there? It was incredible, and I didn't get to fully experience it because I had to work last night, so I didn't get to drink because apparently Marathon Monday is like the best drinking holiday um, in Boston for college kids and for people who like to drink like me. Like people start at like 6 a.m. That sounds fantastic. All day, so I didn't get to do – yeah, it's great. They said that like all the undergrad um, students that are on the, the route of the marathon, they don't have class. Like it's like shut down. Like the whole city is shut down for the marathon so people just drink so next year I'm hoping that I can do that but outside of that I mean just what it represents it's incredible it was my first trip to Fenway um, and getting to see just you know everything um, from the baseball game to watching the marathon to seeing the signs and the people who are there to cheer people on and then of course it's only been four years since the bombing so just kind of all wrapped in one it was a really cool experience and I'm glad I got to do it but I'm gonna have to do it again next year with a beer in my hand because I think I was missing out on that one for sure you can find Casey Smith, K-A-Y-C-E Smith, on Twitter. I just retweeted her. Uh, this guy, this is pretty awesome. A guy named, uh, he's got the, the, the Twitter handle, at Advil, took a picture of a guy <laughs> alongside the Boston Marathon who was holding up a picture, and this is awesome. It says Atlanta 28, New England 3, third quarter, 2 minutes, 12 seconds to go. Apologies to everybody who's a Falcons fan who's listening right now. But this guy was trying to motivate the Boston Marathon runners. This is fantastic. The ESPN assignment desk said, Hello, may ESPN have permission to use this photo on all platforms with a courtesy. I've retweeted this if you want to see it. And he responded, After the witch hunt ESPN led against Tom Brady, absolutely the F not. In fact, block me right now. Go F yourself. (laughs) So Boston's still not over that. How amazing is that response? You know, Clay, I don't know who trashes on ESPN more, you or Boston fans. I really don't. Because <laughs> they hate ESPN up here. They really do. And it's like a personal thing. Like, And I, that guy that, that tweeted that at ESPN, he also was allowing like SB Nation and other – Everybody Alex else could use the picture, yes, the which is amazing. Yeah, he was like, as long as you don't let ESPN use it, it's fine. Like, it is unreal up here – how much they hate ESPN, and I don't think that's ever going to go away. I mean, Tom Brady could be 90 years old and retired on a beach with Giselle, and they're still going to be pissed about Deflategate. It's incredible. Um, What do you think about my idea to increase NHL playoff ratings, alligator on the ice once the playoffs start? At the beginning of the game or just the whole game? Whole game, alligator on the ice. Like the Zamboni. Did you watch any of the NHL last night? I did because I have to watch the Bruins, but otherwise I would not. Oh, be we don't even know what so happened in the Bruins. I would watch it if there was an alligator on the floor. What happened in the Bruins game? That's one of the games we haven't talked about. There was like 15 overtime games in the NHL last night. What happened in that one? 
they lost in overtime to Ottawa three to two. So, or four to three, excuse me. That hockey to me, hockey is one of those things that you don't really need to watch until the third period, which I shouldn't say up here because it's like you know college football down south for me. But like to me, there's so many things that can happen so quickly, and the Bruins are now down two to one. But at the same time, like if I just watch the third period in overtime, like I'm going to know what's happening. They lost the game, and so now they're going to game four. That's basically yeah. the storyline for the Bruins for me. All right, so the Celtics, if they lose this game, all right, if the Celtics lose this game, how upset will Boston people be over this? I mean, is this a team that I think people anticipated to make a long run into the playoffs, or is it still a young enough team that people would get over it? I know they're the number one seed, but kind of the difference between the one and the three right now in the East is kind of wide open, and I think most people would say the Cavs basically just said we don't even care about the number one seed, which is kind of the cockiness of the Cavs. What's the vibe going to be if they lose this game? Oh, I think Cleveland is the best team in the East, no question. I mean, even though one through three is pretty close, and we've seen what happened to Toronto already in the playoffs. And I think, you know, Boston getting the first seed was great because it's good for Brad Stevens and good for the development of this team. But, I mean, there's no question that Cleveland is by far the best team. And so I think that a lot of fans, unless they're completely delusional, kind of see that coming, the writings. But the fact that a number one seed could potentially lose to a number eight seed, I mean, that's happened – you know, less than two handfuls of time in history. So I think that people would be pretty disappointed in it. Um, I, again, I just, I'm trying to, to put in perspective of, is this team just really emotional right now because of what's going on personally, or are they just really not that good? And the Bulls are a bad matchup for them, Clay. I mean, they, they out-rebounded them by like 20 rebounds the other night. So people will be really upset, I think, but at the same time, this is not a prototypical number one seed. And at the end of the day, they're going to have to play Cleveland and they're going to have to play LeBron. And last time they played in Boston, uh, it was a complete disaster for Boston. So um, I think that people are hoping they can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't think anybody's holding their breath. They'll get past that. Outstanding stuff as always. Casey, go follow her on Twitter at K-A-Y-C-E Smith. Good luck drinking next year on Patriot Day. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage, and you are listening to Fox Sports Radio. Final segment coming up. Lots to discuss. You won't want to miss it, and we'll play again for you the Memphis Grizzly Ridiculous Coaches Rant. If you haven't heard it, it's going to make your morning. I'm Clay Travis. You'll want to hear it on Fox Sports Radio. So Jason Martin just listened to on repeat eight hours, Atlanta and back. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Okay, a couple of big questions here. One, you got to go down to the podcast. Lots of fun today on the show. Is this alligator trying to send a message about what alligators are capable of? You know how, like, you'll have an enforcer alligator? I'm guessing, like, you try to send a message. He's an alpha Alpha alligator. I don't think there's any doubt. But Alphagator. to me, it's making me wonder, what else can alligators do? If a 10-foot alligator just decides to go up stairs and be on a porch, to me, that's a message. That's, like a, that's like a fastball, like an inside fastball. Like he's trying to say, this plate is mine. No, he's saying you can't beat, you can't elbow an alligator to death. He's had enough of your garbage. <laughs> you, think, you think this is this a response is a to my... To you. This is a direct message to Clay Travis. I said I could kill this alligator. I didn't say 10-foot alligator. I said about a 5 or 6-foot, maybe a 7-foot alligator. Alligator roughly my size. I'm 6-foot. I think I could kill it with my bare hands. I think you elbow it on the head. Till you go, till it goes silly. First of all, you close its, you grab its mouth, and you can hold it closed. You do a lot of elbows, and then you get it flipped over, 
and then it goes to sleep because that's what happens to alligators <laughs> when you get them on their belly. And then you just go after the underbelly, which is not well defended, and you just go as many punches as you can until you rupture organs. How long do you think this process would take? I don't care. I would take as long as it would take for me to you kill the alligators. How long the fight would throwing go? Throwing elbows to the nose of an alligator. I think you know. I do CrossFit. I'm in really good shape. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I can swing a kettlebell all day. I can you throw can't elbows drive all day. For Twenty miles. I won't do it. There's a difference between can do it and won't do it. I won't drive for any reason other than absolute necessity. There is nowhere on earth that I would drive right now as a married man with three kids for four hours to be somewhere three hours and turn around and drive back four hours. If I were single and there was a hot girl that I was driving to and I knew that she was going to sleep with me, I would drive four hours to have sex with her. That's the only thing. But I'm married. I drove 10 hours to visit an old girlfriend back. I was probably about 24 years old. I drove from North Carolina to Corning, New York, and surprised her. Didn't even tell her I was coming. Made the decision that day, just took off and drove, and then four days later drove back. Four days. That's four, four days. And, again, that's with sex on the line. That's not with getting to go see Dansby Swanson playing a baseball game that I could see on television just as easily. I'm happy that you knew the name of one of the Braves players. That's good stuff. This is a sports show. Well, I have great sports knowledge. There's very few people who this know more about know. sports than me. Uh, also, other point here, we need to play this Memphis Grizzly audio again. Do we have time? Yes, we do. Uh, this happened after the Memphis Grizzlies got eliminated from the playoffs last night when they went down 2-0 to the San Antonio Spurs. They have a coach. Evidently, his name is David Fisdell. I didn't know that. You didn't know it. But this is what he sounds like. You know, it's unfortunate that I got a guy like Mike Conley who in his whole career has got zero technical fouls and just cannot seem to get the proper respect from the officials um, that he deserves. Uh, It was a very poorly officiated basketball game. Um, Zach Randolph, the most rugged guy in the game, had zero free throws, but somehow Kawhi Leonard had 19 free throws. First half, we shot 19 points, shot 19 shots in the paint, and we had six free throws. They shot 11 times in the paint, and they had 23 free throws. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Overall, 35 times we shot the ball in the paint. We had 15 free throws for the game. They shot 18 times in the paint and had 32 free throws. Kawhi shot more free throws than our whole team. Explain it to me. We don't get the respect that these guys deserve because Mike Conley doesn't go crazy. He has class, and he just plays the game. But I'm not going to let them treat us that way. You know, I know Pop's got pedigree, and I'm a young rookie, but they're not going to rook us. That's unacceptable. That was unprofessional. My guys dug in that game and earned the right to be in that game, and they did not even give us a chance. Take that for data. (laughs) I love that line. I love two lines there. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. And take that for data with the slam hat. we got to keep those two takeaways. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. And then take that for data. <laughs> Anytime you make that bees, wasps, hornets thing, we got to play that. You know what's amazing is that's how so many people feel today. Today is tax day. As soon as I get finished with this show, I'm going to go cut my check to the IRS, and I guarantee you I'm going to be sitting there thinking to myself, I'm not a numbers numbers guy, guy. but that doesn't seem to add up. And then I'm going to say this when I put it in the mailbox. Take that for data. So many of you just like me as well. Oh, man, a lot of fun. By the way, 
uh, Robert, you pointed out that we're big in Nigeria. Do you think that today's show is going to help or hurt us with the Nigerian Oh, it's going to kill us in Nigeria because not only did we say that they're all shysters over there trying to take our money, but it's also a country you couldn't get out of safely. <laughs> I and said I could. accents don't make Nobody sense. Nobody believes and me. The accents, the accents don't, don't make sense. sense. Yeah. That's what the key is. I don't believe they speak English over there because everybody has an accent who comes from Nigeria. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. You've been listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.